Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you. I, who cares what it's brought to you by? I don't. I don't even care, Tate. I do you want to do it? I don't want to do it. I don't know if I have the energy. I need like five more minutes to gather myself after the worst sports weekend of my life. I will take this over for you. Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by someone who's going to come clean from the ACC, and the ACC is going to say, as a fair, objective viewer of college football in the ACC in the South, we will say this: Ohio State. Should have won that football game, Mark Titus. And I know you're upset about this. Oh. You, you, you got the college football playoff, and then you got Ohio State versus West Virginia. We're going to talk about all this, but I will say this. I, this episode is brought to you by have to. an objective <laughs> ACC football viewer who says, my goodness, if Dobbins doesn't have a, an injury, you know, some sort of tweak, as they say, and if your team doesn't target Trevor Lawrence and get him all fired up. That's not what I want to hear, Tate. Tate, <laughs> Wait, what I want to hear is, what, what, was, it a, was it a catch and fumble? That's what I want to know. Was it a catch and fumble? Or was it incomplete pass? Slow motion says catch and fumble. Real No, real God damn, every motion says. Every motion says. <laughs> it's a tough time. Don't get me started. It's a tough time. I... I, I have the no. It's it's obvious what happened. I have fully. I, I took some time to digest, and I was trying to land on what conspiracy theory because that's the thing. Is like all the people are going in on Ohio State fans because mm-hmm. Ohio State fans rightfully are losing our minds. We got dicked. It's it, we're very frustrated about it, and people are going in on Ohio State fans saying like they're they're the worst. All this stuff as though there's a single fan base in the world that would would you know in the final four of the football thing get screwed to that re- to that degree and would just would tip their cap as as though like is there a fan base in the world Tate? if that happened in north carolina you're telling me north carolina fans would just tip their cap and be like well we tried our best boys good good try no every single fan base <laughs> would be losing their goddamn minds and yet like for some reason everyone is just laughing at ohio state fans saying like they're the worst they're complaining <laughs> i know if it happened to my team i wouldn't complain like this bullshit you all would complain like this it was a fumble tape and here's the conspiracy i landed mm-hmm. on i like this one mm-hmm. i saw this it makes a lot of sense yes uh the 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 officiating crew is from the sec okay Clemson is from the South. Okay, it is it is well documented that every football, every college football team that matters in this country is either in the South or Ohio State. Those are the only teams that matter. Uh-huh. Um, go back not in Notre time. Dame. Tate. Notre Dame does not matter. Notre, Notre Dame does not matter. It's Ohio State and everyone in the South, and that's it. Uh, you know what state sent the most soldiers, the most Union soldiers to the Civil War per capita? The the number one state was Ohio. Oh, this goes wow. all the way back. This goes all the way back to the top to the to the Civil War. <laughs> There's still Ulysses Grant. You have William Tecumseh Sherman. This is South who, Carolina, who, the state that seceded from the Union first yes. versus Ohio. The 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 Union. George Custer. Soldiers. All yes. these guys. All these Union generals are from <laughs> Ohio. This goes all the way back to the Civil War. The people in the South are still butthurt about it. And anytime they get a chance to screw Ohio, they're going to do it. And that's what happened in that game. Uh, I, I just wish someone would acknowledge. I wish you being from the South, you would just be like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I wouldn't feel so bad. I'd be upset, but I'd be like, I get it. You know, I get it. When. When you know in 2064, when they finally have a, a college football playoff game north of the Mason-Dixon line, for some reason I don't understand why that happened. Like, why can't we have these games in Indianapolis? Why can't we play them in Minnesota? I don't understand. No. But when that finally happens, we're just going to return the favor. We're going to dick the South over, mm. and it's going to be great. And I can't wait. And I'm, I'll probably be dead by then, but it'll be fun. So anyway, let's get let's, the show started. Let's just go ahead and call it what it is. It's the new Civil War. It's Ohio State versus Clemson in football. Yes, That's what it is. It is. <laughs> you know, it is. they I'm, have I'm, to change all the rivalry names all the time. Like it can't be the Red River rivalry anymore. You know, this is the new right. Civil War. This is Ohio State versus Clemson in football. Um, so congratulations. Well, That's what we're brought to you by, the newest the one- rivalry in college football. 
the one silver lining is like I will not feel bad now because like, like we've we've built up the karma now to where Ohio State football we can you know I think this is payback mm. for the the game against Miami back in the day with the pass interference because um, everyone was throwing that in my face too which I wasn't even an Ohio State fan back then so I don't even care about that um, but uh, th- th- this is now for me this is like I have this one in the chamber so now when like Ohio State next time we're in the playoff we're gonna hopefully the refs like screw the team we're playing. And then I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm going to be like, listen, after what we went through with Clemson, I don't feel bad about it at all. Um, anyway, that's the football tangent. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm trying to move on. Just move along. I'm trying to move, move on. Move along, um, sir. It is, it is December 31st. It is New Year's Eve. Uh, we Today, I want to talk to you about, first of all, I want to talk about the Kentucky-Louisville game, the the greatest rivalry in all of college basketball, mm-hmm. the number one rivalry. Uh, it's, it's the rivalry that America cannot stop talking about. Everyone circles their... The, the Kentucky Louisville game on their calendar every year and says this is the biggest game in sports. Uh, that happened again. And spoiler alert, Kentucky won. Yes. Who saw that? Wow. Who would have um, thought? <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit. But then uh, we are going to dive into some all decade stuff, which I'm really excited about because uh, if you know anything about this program, we do not take this quite as seriously as other media outlets. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, we did do all-decade lists, so we're, we're going we're gonna to devote a big portion of the show to that. Uh, is there anything else we need to tell the people we're going to talk we about? We have today? to tell the people that we are coming back with a full-on Pac-12 update. This is back to your Ooh. regular programming of Pac-12 basketball. Ooh. We're going to talk about what's going on in the Pac-12, the fact that they only have two teams in the AP Top 25, and also talk about the growing Pac-12, because there's a lot of people that are complaining about the West Coast, other basketball teams not being mentioned. And they're also upset that they think mm. that I think that Steve Fisher is still the coach at San Diego State. <laughs> they're upset about this, Mark Titus. And as you know on this program, I, we both know that Steve Fisher is technically still the coach because nobody he's knows still who the Brian coach, Dutcher yeah. is. Nobody knows. I tried to no, give him, nobody knows. I tried to give him a nickname. I tried to call him the Flying Dutchman, but nobody knows. And Steve Fisher's still love at the my, games. So it's fine. By the end of the season, by the end of the season, the Pac-12 update is gonna be you versus just people on Twitter <laughs> yeah. from the West. <laughs> That's like basically it. It's like the Pac-12 update is That's, some fuckhead from, from <laughs> That's my civil war. From Portland Your civil told war is me that yeah. my civil war is against the West. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. We we have a ton to get to. We'll get to all of it, but first. Nick Richards is back, baby. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, like I said, it is New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's to uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year's. What's, what's the way you say it? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy um, New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. To, to everybody. Tate, do you have a New Year's resolution? Yes, my New Year's resolution, according to my father, who I just saw back in North Carolina, is to get in shape. Um, and uh, that's that's what I've been forced <laughs> to do. Um, I did, your New Year's <laughs> resolution is handed down from your father? No, my, my, I, they're not even resolutions. They're demands. It's like, oh. that's what I realized. Okay. It's like, this is my version of Festivus. I go home and I get told what I have to do for the new year, uh, for 2020. <laughs> I have to be a better person. I have to be a better me. And I have to get in shape because no one would believe I could ever play sports uh, with the way I look right now. Um, this is this is my resolution. This is what I hope to do, uh, and I hope to just you know have a good twenty twenty year. You know, at this point, does your dad? Yeah, th- does he like slap your belly? Is it that bad? No, he, does he come up and be like, "You're looking a little hefty there, bro." No, bub, he, did, and then, like, he gets mad at my mother for feeding me food. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, okay. he's like, he doesn't need any pumpkin pie. 
it, you know what I mean? It's things like that. Uh, so that, that's where I'm at with all that. That's my 2020 resolution is to get in shape and to I prove my father that uh, I can get in shape again. Because I'm going to be, you know, I always told you, uh, you know, and I joked about being in the 27 club for a long time in my life. And I'm about to turn 27. So I have to oh, I, I have to be in good shape because if I get like future photos, you know what I mean? You can't be like fat and like, right. you know, because everyone's like, of course he went down. You know, you got to be like. <laughs> yeah, you want the most. Yeah, yeah. You you. you, you, you you want to you want to go you want to join the twenty seven club because you like uh, you you overdosed on something or like you you but you made were, great you were partying way yes, too hard yes 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 yeah. but you look great you don't you don't want to join you don't want to join the twenty seven club because your cholesterol is too mm-hmm. high that's that's definitely not no a cool way to no go that's not or or you can't find your spine you know what I mean your spine is right, disintegrating right. that would be those would be two reasons to go out poorly uh, yeah so that's my resolution uh, what about you Mark Titus enough about my, me my resolution <laughs> is the same as it was last year and uh, I'm gonna actually stick to it this year because I have a I have a way to hold myself accountable my resolution is to not swear on the podcast oh um, oh my goodness you are you now the I have, Smith of podcasting I am I'm oh trying to goodness. be dude I've, you, I've realized <laughs> wow also this is this is probably a hand down from uh, my parents as well but I've, I've realized that I swear when we record the podcast more than i do even in real life even in real life cuss that much yeah Yeah, i would agree with that but then yes for some reason i get the microphone in front of my face and i just want to complain about how ohio state was fucking screwed (laughs) can we oh can we i I will point out though when you do you and i are both like stand-up comedy fans and we're used to like that kind of you know energy on a microphone so we want to go into it and just lay it down you know what what i mean so i'm eddie murphy yes yes, i agree (laughs) you were just letting loose Um, i'm steve martin and i'm chilling back here, here's how I want to hold myself accountable. So I, I'm, I'm defining swearing because, like, I still, I still think you should be able to say "damn" and "ass," and you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a nun in the Midwest that's like, you know, super strict about this stuff. But uh, I'm trying to get rid of the F word, the GD. That's a bad one. I'm trying to get that one. Get out that one out. Yeah, get rid of that one. Yeah. Um. So here, here's what I'm going to do, and, and you can hold me accountable, okay. and I guess the listeners can as well. Uh, I'm going to start a swear jar for the podcast, and I'm going to put a dollar. Maybe I should bump it up to more than a dollar. We'll see how it goes. But I'm going to start with a dollar. Um, and at the end of the season, all the money, I am going to take the money and give it to the one thing that I hate the most in this world, which is Greg Oden's cameo account. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> I'm going to use the money in my swear jar to book a Greg Oden cameo where Greg just basically laughs at me for being an idiot and not being able to control my tongue. So that is my resolution. Uh, and and I, I need I need an accountability partner. So uh, I'm putting it on someone else to hold me accountable. But there you go. But this is, I will say, this is the last podcast of the year. So I'm allowed to cuss on this one. So there you go. I will say this. Greg Oden's cameo account with him talking to you about accountability is probably <laughs> the best way to handle you saying bad words. You know what I mean? Right, right, and if, for yeah. everyone that's making the jokes that Greg, you know, didn't have the ability to be available, he didn't have availability, well, he has accountability, and he's ready to lay, lay it go. down. You know what I mean? So this is all good news. It's a great 2020 ahead. But before we get to 2020, can we just talk about quickly the fact that in 2019, Bill Murray is doing promos for Louisville basketball, playing against Kentucky mm-hmm. in a meaningless week of college basketball. This is a, a down period of college it's basketball. It's not meaningless. No, no it's no, not meaningless. But, the greatest rivalry in sports was played, Tate. What do you mean? <laughs> and it makes... It's Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. So Nick Richards went to Kentucky, right? Because he liked the color blue. And in Bill Murray's promo, he said, this is red versus blue. As if that is, you know what I mean? Like, what, those are, mm-hmm. however percentage of teams are red and blue or have some sort of variation of red and blue. Your team is red, my team is blue, technically. 
He says that as if this, if this du- separates this rivalry from every other it, rivalry. Listen, if Duke and Carolina hated each other so much, why do they both wear blue? <laughs> exactly. It makes you think. <laughs> Seems like they're on the same side. Uh, let me just say this. And then Bill Murray going, it's just 80 miles apart. And then you, then at the end, he goes at the best college basketball rivalry out there. Uh, Matt Darty chimes in and says, you know, this is all nice and well, but this is definitely not the best. Everyone in Kentucky, there's all these people commenting. They're like, I have family that went to Louisville. You know, I pull for Louisville if we're not playing, but I hate Duke or I hate Indiana yeah. or I hate some other right. team. You know what I mean? Right, very, right. <laughs> very similar to like what Carolina fans would say if Bill Murray did a promo because Luke Murray is the head coach at NC State and they said this is the greatest basketball rivalry in the state. <laughs> You know what I mean? It would be like, no, this mm-hmm. is not. This is Duke and Carolina also um, play. Um, I, wanna, I don't understand I, it, Mark I, I Titus. Wanna, Where did this come from? Why is this happening again? I, so first of all, I want to I talk about the game just really quickly just to get it out of the way so we can like do our journalistic okay. duty and cover it. Uh, Wara was horrible. He, his sh- shot selection is terrible. My, my take that he's, he's trying to prove something for the NBA is... 100%. Uh, it's, it's, still, it's still in the oven. It's cooking a little better. It's starting to brown on the edges, and I'm almost ready to take that thing out of the oven because, uh, my God, what, what a horrible performance that was. <laughs> uh, and then on the flip side, like I know Louisville took it to overtime, all that. It felt like Kentucky was always going to win. At no point in that game, like especially, I, mean, I know Louisville came back. Uh, 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 what's his name? Kimball. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Kimball, the point guard, yep. played really well. I thought he gave he gave Louisville good minutes. Uh, Enoch was great. He's he's been uh, he to me has been their best player, the most consistent or best. Yeah, maybe just their best, just straight up best player um, all season. Every time I watch him play, I love him. Uh, but I always felt like Kentucky was going to win, partially because I know the history of this rivalry. Uh, but but to the larger point, like we talked about, like uh, uh, when when Ohio State beat Kentucky in Vegas, and Kentucky fans were acting like the sky was falling, and I was like, "Please spare me, pump the brakes." Like this this happens in college basketball. Your team will lose a couple in a row sometimes. It doesn't mean your season is over. Um, this is this is why. I mean, Kentucky, you, Maxi against Louisville was unbelievable. This this is the Kentucky that people thought like the Kentucky that got to be ranked number one. This is the Kentucky that coming into the season, people had high hopes for um, when, when, when Maxie is playing as well as he did against Louisville, when Ashton Hagens is who, who didn't even score that much, but like still controls the game. Cause he's so good defensively and had eight assists uh, when quickly he's giving you good minutes off the bench. All Kentucky really needs is like some sort of consistency from those guys. You don't even need all three of them to play well, just like one of the three to show up. And it's, it's Hagens is pretty much always going to show up whether he shows up scoring or not. He's going to, make an impact on the game. So basically you just need like max here quickly to give you 15 points and you need the big men, the Kentucky big men to just not be horrible because that's been a problem for them this year. There've been times where, <laughs> yes, they've been horrible. Where Richards yes, and Montgomery absolutely. are just flat out horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as they're not horrible, Kentucky is every bit as good as any team in this country. And that, that proved to be true against Louisville and Kentucky. You guys are fine. It, as Kentucky fans tweeted at me, the the nothing nothing is a uh, I forget how they said it. There's just like nothing cures their ills quite like a, a game against Louisville because it's a free win. Yes, uh, which which brings me to the point we really want to talk about is this rivalry as a whole. Tate, <laughs> I could not believe it. Um, and the reason this stood out to me is because I I think I cheer for Louisville in this game every year. I don't necessarily care either way, but uh, I would say like most neutral college basketball fans, you probably gravitate towards cheering against Kentucky just like you gravitate towards cheering against Duke. You know, like those are the two titans. You want to see upsets. You want to see the the big guys go down. So uh, I find myself, as the game is being played, I, I generally am hoping that Louisville will win. Not that I'm a Louisville fan in any way, but that's just kind of like, yeah, it'd be cool if Louisville won this. And as they were once again being 
you know, they, well, they weren't dominated, but again, it never really felt like they were going to win. Even when they sent it to overtime, I knew Kentucky was going to win in overtime. I get on Wikipedia and I start looking up like, when is the last time Louisville won this thing? Because I can't even remember really. And like, what, what, what's, the, what's the deal here? And oh my God, how staggering is this, Tate? I, I got some stats for you on the Louisville Kentucky. Oh, I'm rivalry. so ready because I have stats as well. And this is why, this and, is the argument. It's, it's an easy argument, but please lay the stats out, Mark Titus. And I, and I tweeted this out, and, uh, but I, I want to revisit it. First of all, Kentucky leads the, the, the all-time series 37 to 16. Yes. They didn't play for a long time because the, Kentucky, people in Kentucky will tell you they hated each other so much that they didn't play. Um, I, as an outsider looking in, I feel like they didn't play because like it, it, it's not a rivalry. <laughs> it didn't really matter. <laughs> it's yes. just not a rivalry. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville has never won three games in a row versus Kentucky, ever. Ever. In the history of the university, in the history of the basketball programs, never, ever, ever has Louisville won three games in a row. Kentucky has won three games in a row nine different times. The, uh, having won on uh, when they play Saturday? Yes. It was, the game is Saturday, yes. right? After winning on Saturday, that's now three in a row for Kentucky for the ninth time that they've won three in a row. Kentucky has five different streaks of four-plus wins. Um, Louisville has won. This game took place in Lexington. This would have been the sixth win all-time for Louisville ever in Lexington, Kentucky. They, they've won five times in Lexington in the history of the program. Again, going back to God knows when. Kentucky has won three games in the KFC Yum Center alone, which was <laughs> built in like 2010. <laughs> You can take Tate. Here, here's my favorite one. You can take any five game stretch, any five game stretch in the history of this rivalry, and Louisville has won three out of those five only twice. They have never ever won three out of four ever. So not only have they not won three in a row, they have never even won three out of four. They've never won two and then lost one and then won the next. Never even won three out of four. This is not a rivalry. John Calipari is eleven and two versus Louisville. He's six and zero at home. He's two and zero in the NCAA tournament. Um, the, Papa John, meanwhile, is like a Louisville guy. He flip flops to Kentucky. Like th- that would, if 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 Duke and Carolina is the standard, you have like a guy like uh, who, who's the, the the dude from the Hangover, oh, uh, uh, Ken, whatever the Doctor Ken, oh, Ken Jong, yes, who, yeah, who famously has degrees from both universities, but is like a diehard Duke guy mm-hmm. and is like Carolina can go to hell because he understands what a rivalry is. Meanwhile, Papa John's is eating 40 pizzas in 30 days and flip-flopping back and forth between Louisville and Kentucky because, again, it is not a rivalry, Tate. I had Louisville fans chirping at me when I tweeted these stats out on Twitter, like, so what? It's a little one-sided right now. It's not one-sided right now. It's one-sided always. It has always, always, always been one-sided because they're pointing out, like, does that mean Ohio State-Michigan's not a rivalry since Ohio State is beating Michigan so much in football? And to that I say, there, you can go back in time and find a moment in time, and it's really not that long. It was in the 90s where Michigan was wiping the floor with Ohio State. You can do this with any rivalry. Any rivalry that's ever existed that's one-sided, like you can really go back and find even if it's uh, 1800 something, like you'll find a moment in time where like the other team beat the hell out of the team that's currently dominating. You cannot find that in this rivalry, Tate. There's never never have the words been spoken from a Kentucky fan my God, I hate how much we keep losing to Louisville. That is never in the history of Kentucky basketball since the, the the dawn of time. Those words have never come out of a Kentucky fan's mouth. I don't understand how this is a rivalry. If Louisville was on the other side of the Ohio River, if it was in southern Indiana and, and the schools were 81 miles apart and it was not in Kentucky, no one would give a single shit about this game. <laughs> and that is my rant. I don't understand how this became a rivalry other than their two schools that have decent basketball programs in a state with no professional sports. And I guess that makes it a rivalry cool. But at some point, Louisville, you have to beat Kentucky. I'm sorry. Dig Vital ranked this as the third best rivalry in all of college sports. 
Okay. <laughs> that is not number one. It's and horrible. It's not. Tell, it's, if there's anyone, it's literally the worst rivalry. It, I, I no, looked no, no, up. Dude, if I, anyone wanted this rivalry oh. to be though. What we're talking about. If anyone uh, wanted yeah, it to be number one, it, it would be Dick Vitale. For him to say he, that it is the third best rivalry says a lot. They only played each other 12 times between 1913 and 1983, Mark Titus. And they played in 1983 in the NCAA tournament. It wasn't even a scheduled yeah. game. So how well, it makes how it, it, it makes it more valuable, right? How, isn't, how, isn't that the how? argument? It's like no. they, they, they play so rarely no. that it makes it worth more. And to that I say it's worth more... And Kentucky, it, like Kentucky, still win. It doesn't matter. Like, okay, so if this game is worth like five games, well, Kentucky wins the five games. Then, like, they win. The Kentucky always wins. I looked up, so I tried to find. Uh, I, I made it my mission to find a worse rivalry, and and I I I um I decided that the 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 standard for being a an actual rivalry is it has to have a Wikipedia page. You have to be able to go to Wikipedia and see every single result laid out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. If it doesn't have a page, it's not a. It's, I didn't count as a rivalry. And all I could find were these. These are the only ones that compare. Notre Dame versus Navy somehow is a rivalry in football, <laughs> where they have a page and it has all the the listings. Notre Dame leads the rivalry all time, seventy seven to thirteen. Very very <laughs> one sided. Much more one sided than Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And be that as it may, Tate Navy has also never won three in a row against Notre Dame. But they have won five of eight before. There's one stretch, like I forget when it was, like probably back in like the fifties or something. Navy won five out of eight games against Notre Dame. That is never Louisville's never done that against Kentucky. The same thing is true of the uh, the Bedlam thing, uh, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State in football. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State every single year, but there was one time, one, a moment in time, where Oklahoma State won five out of eight. That has never happened with Louisville. Uh, the only thing that the only thing that came up that um, was worse than Louisville Kentucky was West Virginia versus Marshall had a had a football series called the Friends of the Coal Bowl. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. This is this is literally what it was called. Um and it's 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 defunct now. They they did not renew the contract. But uh West Virginia has played Marshall in football 11 times. It had its own Wikipedia page. West Virginia won every single time. They were 11 and 0 and they beat the hell out of Marshall and someone was like, "Do we really need to keep doing this?" and I think they just stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Um so there you go. That's where the Kentucky Louisville rivalry falls it is somewhere between notre dame versus navy and west virginia versus marshall in football the idea that this is like a great rivalry in sports i i don't understand it's just because two good programs are playing each other does not make it a rivalry at some point louisville has to rip off like three or four wins in a row and we have to it has to happen or i don't care we have to point out that louisville had to vacate all of its victories from the 2011 2012 2012 2013 2013 2014 2014 to 2015 seasons those are 123 wins folks and there, right. there were some victories against Kentucky uh, that are not going to get counted in that period of time because, again, Louisville did not go to the Final Four apparently in 2012, even though we thought they did. And they apparently didn't win the title in 2013, even though we thought they did. We thought we mm-hmm. saw it. So I guess it's not there. I also want to point out that they have this Bluegrass Sports Commission, the BSC, and they named the most valuable player in the game You know, between Kentucky and Louisville. Mm-hmm. And that award started Mark Titus in 2010. And- <laughs> And, and 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 you want to know who won the first award? Because I saw someone be like, I mean, it's not like Carolina gives out an award, you know, when they play that game, like of who the MVP of the game is. And I looked up Josh Harrelson is the first. Josh Harrelson. That was that was who I was going to guess. Josh yeah, twenty three and fourteen. I was going to guess Josh Harrelson. If your first award is Josh Harrelson in a rivalry, I don't know if it's a great rivalry, but it's kind of fitting. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. I don't, I, yeah, like, listen, I get it. Like, Louisville, I, I don't mean to, I'm not putting down Louisville's program. No, of Louisville course. is very These much are great one of the programs. best programs in college basketball. Yes. 
Yeah, these are two titans. These are two. I, I, in most no way, wins, shape, or form. Kentucky, Louisville's yeah. twenty-six best pro, most wins. Uh, you know, all time. Like that's a great program. Louisville yeah. is a a, a a very elite program. No, no question about it. As is Kentucky. It makes sense for this to be a rivalry. I understand why people want to package it as a rivalry, but I'm telling you, at some point. Let it go. Louisville has to win this let game. It go. They have to win the yeah, game. Or either I'm not win gonna, or let like, it go. There's only, it is not a rivalry. Yes. It is like a game that it is a non-conference game that happens every year. That's all it is. That's it's not a rivalry. And it might be a rivalry. Get it out of my face. In the, in the new decade, it may be a rivalry. You know what I mean? It, 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 it might be. Yeah. Like a, I don't know. I would love for that to yeah, happen. Yeah, a hundred years ago, it may have been a rivalry when they were playing each other every single year, and Louisville was winning some games. It is yeah, I would. I would honestly. It would be so cool if this was like an actual rivalry and Kentucky fans, like if Kentucky fans hate actually hated Louisville and they'll say they hate Louisville, but they're lying to themselves. They don't hate Louisville. They hate Louisville fans. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's like no Kentucky fans only hate Louisville because Louisville fans are loud and boisterous and are saying like we're every bit as good as you. And Kentucky's like sit down, little brother. Yes, that's like that's why they hate. But Kentucky fans do not hate Louisville players because they have nothing to hate. There's no Kentucky fan that's like, my God, I really hate those that 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 one senior class at Louisville that just wrecked us for four years. It's never happened. They don't care. They're just like, whatever. We we beat their ass every year. So, who cares? I don't know. It's 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 SMU uh, TCU. That's pretty much what it is. It's like it makes a lot of sense as a rivalry. I would love for it to actually be a rivalry, but it's not there yet. And we're all rooting for you. Good luck to Louisville and, and Kentucky. I, I I hope you have a rivalry someday. But, one day. Uh, no. It's basically it's <laughs> NC State North Carolina, and it's like one day maybe maybe if the if maybe. the rails fall maybe. off maybe it'll be a rivalry. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, we should also point out that Papa John, like you said, has completely gone to the dark side, and he is sitting directly behind John Calipari. And I just wanted to you know segue into Ohio State this way and say seeing Papa John stand behind John Calipari as John Calipari made Big Blue Nation stand up and then willed Nick Richards to an and one to basically seal the game against mm-hmm. Louisville and then watching Urban Meyer bend down and stare into the abyss yeah. and curse your team into a loss to prove that he's Yeah, that was the a reason. bad omen. Yeah, I, th- to see those when two... When they cut ca- to Urban, I was like, oh shit. Th- those two <laughs> characters, though, just being so close to those games and like right behind the action in such pivotal moments... Mm-hmm. It was shocking to see over the Christmas break. It honestly felt like a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror. Just some weird, as if I was manifesting these things to happen. Because I was talking to my dad. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hope Papa John's in the building. And then pan over. There he is <laughs> in blue, right behind John Calipari, like staring right at him into his soul. And then Urban Meyer, that even that doesn't even make any sense why Urban Meyer should be at that game, right? He works at Fox. I, I don't, you know, he's supposed to be with his family. He's not supposed to be around football no anymore. And then they show him before I, I, the most important play in the game. Tate, Why did they cut away to you, him? That is some Harry Potter, like evil witchcraft type stuff. You're not going to get me to talk about it again, Tate. I'm, I told you. I'm not, I'm but anyways, you know, let's talk about the Ohio State basketball team. That was the segue into Ohio no, State talk. No, no, no. I don't want to talk about that either. I want to say <laughs> the, the one thing the, the the one thing that can save the Kentucky-Louisville rivalry in my eyes, the one thing that can instantaneous snap of a finger, Louisville doesn't need to win any any games at all. And I will declare it a rivalry. Is if Ashley Judd next year oh. is sitting behind Louisville's bench wearing red? Yes, that's it. If Ashley Judd is wearing red, she's been exiled from the Kentucky fan base for for what was it like? Kentucky fans were trying to get free chicken, Chick Fil A sandwiches. Yes, because from, they, they, were they like wanted them to miss the free clapping. throws. That was the reason. That, yeah, that's yeah. the reason that Isaiah Thomas went into the crowd uh, in that you know uh, Wizard Sixers game when he was and the guys like, dude, oh, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to get like some free yeah, snacks, right. man. I'm sorry. He's like, well, why are you gonna like the say rival- it so messed up? I will take back everything I said about the Kentucky and Louisville game if Ashley Judd 
declares herself a Louisville fan. I will say it is officially on, and uh, I am all in on the game next year. But until then, Louisville, you have to win some of these games. I'm sorry. That's just the way it Ash, is. Do we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, do we have to talk about West Virginia, Ohio State? We don't have to. You can talk about it. I'll just listen. Go ahead. Basically, all I have to say is Shoeboy is only the third McDonald's All-American to play at West Virginia. I had no mm. idea. That was my favorite stat mm. of the day. Uh, and watching this game, the Ohio State Buckeyes – I felt for them because the Cleveland crowd was a West Virginia crowd, and it's not really their fault. It's not the Buckeyes' fault. It's basically the fault of the Big 12 and the fact that these West Virginia Mountaineers fans, all they want to do is see their team play and see Huggy Bear live in action, and they can't fly all over God's creation to to go to Oklahoma or, or Texas and all these different places, but they will drive to Cleveland, Ohio. And I will say, that was the best Cavs atmosphere they've had since – Maybe ever. That place was rocking. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I'm I'm very proud of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, I feel very bad for Chris Holtman and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, but I will say, uh, the, West Virginia is a real contender in the Big Twelve. You know what I mean? I'm very excited about the, that. West Virginia's good. West Virginia's <laughs> good. West Virginia's good. Okay, we get it. Uh, but let's not lose sight of the fact that Kyle Young had the flu. Okay, in this game, he was sick. Um. No one seemed to care. You didn't. You, there, there was. I, I don't know why they played the game. To be honest with you, but they did. Uh, he he was a trooper. He played through it. He's now getting his appendix out apparently. Um, and all that is to say, Tate, Ohio State still undefeated with the full uh, at, at full strength. At full strength. We didn't have Dwayne Washington at Minnesota. We didn't have Kyle Young uh, at one hundred percent. He 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 had the flu against West Virginia. So we're still undefeated. So uh, it's us, San Diego State, and Auburn. Three undefeated teams left. Congrats to us. Let's talk about another <laughs> undefeated team. <laughs> And let's get into the Pac-12 update, Mark Titus. Can I get in the Pac-12? Okay, can we get past Ohio State? We'll it. get past our own. You know, yeah, hold up. So we're I, definitely not going to talk about Yale basketball in North Carolina. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about Duke. Uh, you know, and having their problems early in the first half. We're just going to talk about the Pac-12 and West Coast basketball because it's Tuesday and it's the last day of 2019. And I have to start with our boy Sean Miller in Arizona. Arizona was off last week, Mark Titus, and they still fell a spot mm-hmm. in the AP poll. They still lost. They still lost. How did they lose? Uh, I don't understand. Sean Miller falls a spot in the AP poll. There's only two teams, like I said, uh, in the Pac-12 that are in the AP poll. Oregon is number four, and that begs the question to me, Mark Titus. Is Peyton Pritchard right now the non-consensus? I don't think there is a consensus. Is he the non-consensus national player of the year? Just because they're a top-five team, and I guess he's the best oh, player. Wow. I guess he's the best player in the country. So that Who does, that's, so, so that's the Oregon. So Toppin update. can't win. Yeah, Toppin can't Dayton, win. Dayton lost to Colorado. He can't win. Yes. We we went over like we love we both love Toppin, but you know, like it's 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 an uphill battle for a guy who's not on national TV all the time. So he's he basically had to go undefeated or come close to it. You can't lose to Colorado on the one um even though he's balling out. Good for him. Uh Wara, I'm out on. Like he'll probably still be an all American, but he can't win it in my eyes right now. No. Um who else do we say? Dotson was our favorite. That's who we liked. Um and then we like Pritchard. Who else did I have on my list? I forget. I'm forgetting somebody. Who's the fifth guy? But uh, it's 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 got to be yeah, Pr- Pritchard or Dotson right now. For it's me. basically yeah. I think it's going to be Pritchard. So that's that's the Oregon update. That's the top five team that we cared about on the West Coast. Let's talk about the undefeated team on the West Coast, and that is of course the Aztecs of San Diego State, the team mm-hmm. that is not coached by Steve Fisher, even though it is basically pseudo coached by Steve Fisher's energy behind the bench. Um, and that is like masqueraded through Brian Dutcher, who is a good coach. And San Diego State is undefeated. They are basically the crown of West Coast basketball at this point. Everyone is very amped about the fact that they are the best team on the West Coast. So that's the San Diego State update. And people are also pointing to the fact that 
Arizona has to play their their first Pac-12 game against Bobby Hurley and Arizona State. Ooh. Okay. So that sounds like a loss. <laughs> that sounds like a loss. I don't know. This is this is all just like Pac-12 thoughts. The, you know same, what I mean? These are the, the, the same Arizona State team that like that they, they had three guys score in a game and one of them came off the bench and at 43. The same Arizona State <laughs> team that lost like 91 to 56 or whatever it was uh, to St. Mary's not too long ago. Yes, yeah. that same team. And that's a, that's your St. Mary's okay. update. Um in okay. all this. St. Mary's. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay. I'm, I'm sticking with you. Yeah, now I, you're we're, riding we're with me. We're still place. all on the West Coast. We're just rolling around the West Coast. Washington <laughs> was in the AP poll okay. last week. We remember this. Washington, a good team that we both think has you know a chance to make a little run in the Pac-12. They lose to Keats and Houston in Hawaii. So now they're out of the AP poll. Again, only two teams <laughs> in the AP poll from the Pac-12. San Diego State considered a Pac-12 team now. A West Coast team, obviously. BYU, a team that we both love with Mark Pope. Two votes. The best team that doesn't win. The best team is BYU. Yes, yes, yes. Best team in the country that doesn't win. Everyone yeah. thinks that they're a really good team. They just don't have the wins to prove it. Um, they have two mm-hmm. AP votes, which was great uh, for BYU. So they're right on the verge. It, 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 you and I. It, was it you and I? I I'm hundred percent <laughs> sure that it was us. And also, I have to point out that the team with the most votes that is not in the top twenty-five is also a Pac-12 team, and that is of of course the Colorado uh, Buffaloes who basically mm-hmm. just beat, like you said, Dayton and Obi Toppin, a team that we think is a top 15 team. At one point, saying a top five team. But again, they're west uh, of the Mississippi. Colorado is probably a top five team west of the Mississippi because this, again, is the Pac-12 update. That's all I really got, Mark Titus. I don't I don't really know what else to tell you. I've I've scoured around the internet to see about anything uh, else that matters. I did watch 2008, uh, an ESPNU flashback. Like Before I was going to the Hornets, I went to the Hornets game on Friday. Uh, in Charlotte, and I'm I'm at Duckworth uh, with my cousin Matt, who's uh, we're we're watching uh, the 2008 UCLA game. It's like Darren Collison and Russell Westbrook. Steve Lavin is calling the game, and there's a guy behind him with a sign that says Washington State's next basketball coach. And Steve Lavin, I can't hear the audio, but I can just watch his body language as he's doing this whole thing. I tweeted out, "You are also somehow watching this same game at the same time because we <laughs> are was, obviously." Yeah. Just we need more hobbies or other things going on in our lives because we're watching these games. And it was like a broadcast of a a pastime where I would love to do a Pac-12 update. You know what I mean? If I could do a Pac-12 update where I could talk about Kevin Love outlet passes and Russell Westbrook not making sense as a two guard, but also definitely maybe better than Darren Collison, but I'm not really sure he possibly could be. Mm -hmm. And then also I forgot about Josh Ship. You know what I mean? Like, one of just like the classic Josh Howard three, someone that you really like and just kind of forget about in the you know passage of time for whatever reason. So I'm watching this whole game, having a great time. California is somehow winning this game. I don't even know uh-huh. who the coach of California is. I know that Mark Fox is now currently the coach, but as I watched in 2008, I can't remember. It was Viking it, Jones. <laughs> in my mind, it's Viking <laughs> Jones, and he's like, huh? We got to run a zone, you know, and um, as I'm seeing this, it just, it just gave me good feelings uh, about the Pac-12 overall. And again, nothing really happened in the Pac-12 uh, over break because again, it's Christmas time. Did, nothing's really going on, but that's as best. Did I can you hit do. Fullerton, Fullerton uh, beating UCLA? Did you get that one? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about UCLA. We're going to go to the, U- here's our Pac-12 update for real. We're, we have two tickets uh, brought to you by Dos Equis. And we're going to go to the UCLA-USC game, a game that we went to mm-hmm. last year, the last uh, home game in Pauly last year, a game that Jalen Hands, he had a game winner against USC last year, right? He hit like a 40-foot, yes. it wasn't. A, it was it was a dagger. It wasn't like a game winner. It was like they were up by five or something, and he hits like a three from like 40 feet at the end of the shot clock. 
That's how I remember. I don't know if it's true. No, no one cares. About <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go look. <laughs> I was thinking about looking, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So in my mind, it was set, in my mind, it was the Chris Jenkins shot. It was the Chris Jenkins shot against USC. Yeah, right. It was the yeah. We sat uh, we sat behind Josh Rosen, and he was shit talking USC players the entire game. Yes, it was so. Kevin great. Porter Jr. Yeah. and Josh Rosen were about to fight, which was great. Yeah, uh, and at that right. time we we're like, man, Josh Rosen, he might be a good quarterback. Uh, we, you know, yeah, I was like, I like Josh Rosen. I'm a, I'm a believer in this guy. <laughs> we turns out we weren't we weren't quite on that one. Uh, it's all right. Maybe next year. There's still some time. Yeah, um, he was. He, I did not see him throw a football. That's the one thing I didn't see no, at that game. No, he was just uh, he was just smashing but, beers and talking shit, which is what you wanted to see from the sideline. Hey, what, before the season's up, we, we have to get uh, we have to sprinkle this in a little flavor into the Pac-12 update. We have to go to a uh, uh, to watch uh, LeBron and D Wade's kid play. Oh yeah, Sierra Canyon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we got to go to a Sierra Canyon game and sprinkle that into the Pac-12 update at, at, at some point. We get we should probably get on that because like high school basketball always ends quicker than you realize. Like they're probably starting the state tournament next week or something. Um, yeah, I yeah, mean, they'll be done by like mid February or something like that. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we gotta be on top. It always of that. seems to like sneak up on her. Um, all right, that's a good update. I did my I'll, best. I'll, uh, I mean, the, the, I'll, there I'll was really yeah, nothing yeah. going on in the Pac-12. That's all I gotta say, Mark Titus. Like, yeah, people would be Gonzaga's upset about this. number one. That's a big. I mean, deal but Gonzaga <laughs> at this point, you know what I mean? I'm almost putting them above yeah. West Coast basketball. I'm I'm putting them as mm. a placeholder blue blood for this year because everyone is so down. So Gonzaga's in blue Gonz- blood talk. Gonzaga's like like the Vatican in Italy. It's like its own. It's like its own yes, enclave. Exactly. Of, of it has its sovereign. It's its own sovereign state. It's not in the West Coast. It's Gonzaga. It's it's its, its own district. Its own. Yeah, it's it's its own yeah. entity. Yeah. It does its own things. It has its own electoral <laughs> votes in college basketball. And and also, uh, oh, Pac-12 update. Condoleezza Rice was at the Stanford Kansas game and was sitting on the bench basically. <laughs> uh, and I don't really understand. I don't know what the point of that was. Obviously, she likes Stanford and everything. That was cool. But I, I feel, she went to Stanford. I know didn't she, she went to Stanford. But I'm just saying. Are they, they are they trying to hire? Her? No, I, it just looked like she, like she was scouting. Like you know, Kansas is in trouble with the NCAA. Mark Titus. I don't know if you've heard this. Oh, so I'm thinking that okay, Condoleezza was there to like you know kind of send a threat. You know what I mean? It's kind of like what mob bosses would do. They just send a guy to kind of come roam and like scout your business. I think that they, they had gave, Condoleezza there just watching Bill self to kind of give him a little. Don't play with us, Bill. You know this is not a game. If you gave if you gave Condoleezza Rice Duke's roster from last year, does she finish above five hundred? Yes, one hundred percent. Condoleezza Rice so. takes Duke's so. team from last yeah. year to the Final Four. I think so. I I would agree with that. Yeah, I th- I think she does. Yeah, because you know what, uh, Condoleezza Rice isn't going to play zone, Mark Titus. You know what I mean? She's going to press. Yeah, she's not. She's going to play man, and she's going to say, "Zion, you're wearing Jordans." You know, you're not going to be wearing Nikes. Like, I mean, wear these hyper dunks, ripping your shoes. You're going to be wearing Jordans. You're going to have nice shoes on, uh, and you're going to win titles. And Zion's going to be like, that sounds great. And his whole career is different. Uh, Coach K did not care about Zion. That's my that's my all-decade first thought. Um, that's my all-decade. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way. My my thought of the decade is Coach K does not care about Zion. Yes. Um, all right, well, let's let's get to it. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to rip through our all-decade stuff. This is the last day of the decade. Uh, we have to put a big bow on it because um, that's what you do when you create content is you find like things like this to talk <laughs> pointless stuff like this to, to argue over. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to come back right after this. Perfect. Quick break to talk about our sponsor, Dollar Shave Club. When we do talk about Dollar Shave Club, we cannot stress enough the quality of their products. They've spent years developing, crafting, refining everything. They have everything I use to look, feel, and smell my best. You name it, they have it. I use it. I have been a Dollar Shave Club member 
forever, Tate. I talk Ever. about it all the time. I, I just got my email yesterday. They are sending me a new box of razors. I cannot imagine paying for razor blades, going to a supermarket and saying, You'd I need razor blades. You'd be an idiot. You'd be out of your mind to Absolutely. do such a thing. Yeah. It's the best. It's, it's the best. No one wants to do it. No one wants to go buy ra- go pay for razors. You can have them shipped to you. Um, it's the best. And as amazing as our safe stuff is, Dollar Shave Club is way more than just razors. Dollar Shave Club has you covered head to toe. They have everything you need to shower, shave, style your hair, brush your teeth, and yes, even wipe your butt. And Dollar Shave Club can keep you automatically stocked up on the products you use. You get what you want whenever you need it, whether that's once a month, a few times a year, however often you need to shave, wipe your butt, put on your prep scrub tape. You tell them, you tell them they will build it around your schedule. I've never, I never have to waste time at a store wondering if what I'm getting is any good as a Dollar Shave Club member. I know what I'm getting is the highest quality. And right now you can put the quality of Dollar Shave Club products to the test. Their ultimate shaver starter set has basically everything you need for an amazing shave. The executive razor, shave butter, prep scrub, and post shave do. The best part is you can try it for just $5. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get your ultimate starter set for just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash Tate. What? That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Tate. Give Titus the new copy. I don't understand He's Dollar He's going to throw Club. my computer I, very soon if we I, don't get him new copy. I love you so much. <laughs> I've used your products for years. I don't even have to lie. This isn't This isn't all the other ads that we this isn't read in, in my life where like I have to bullshit and be like, I dollarshaveclub.com slash tits. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's it's they're negging me is what they are. That makes they, me they love are. them more. It's like I, I'm fighting for their affection so much that you got to come yeah. up with your four letters. I, I think Mark is. I think Mark works. You yeah, should just use Mark. on the mark. Right. Yeah. There you go. Um, That's our spinoff podcast on the mark. Go get That's dollar. where you watch the Indiana Duke game over and over again. <laughs> and you just keep doing it. <laughs> dollar Shake Club. <laughs> Back to the podcast. All right, let's get into it. We're going to rip through our all-decade stuff. We have some some weird categories. I'll actually I'll let you I'll let you uh, run point on this take because these were your categories. I, I I left it up to you. I said I want to I want to do an all-decade something, but I don't want it to be boring and just you know here's my player of the decade <laughs> and, and all that. I mean we can we can do that at the very end. I guess we can argue over um, whatever. But uh, I wanted to have some fun with it, and uh, I left it up to you. You email me all your categories, so. Uh, I will let you run point. You explain what the categories are, why you pick them, all that kind of stuff. All right. Here it goes, Mark Titus. First and foremost, all decade stuff is erroneous on all accounts, (laughs) right? We both agree on this. And trying to Mm -hmm. compartmentalize an entire 10-year period and saying this moment was, this version of this was better than that because of this thing and da-da-da-da. It's all subjective. And it's very funny to see how much group thing can really leak all around in in the sphere of college basketball, the sphere of media, and in the sphere of conversation, right? So let's just say that up front. So this is the all-decade version of everyone wants to be right, but there is no right answer. So everyone is trying mm. to give the same answers, so therefore they are right. And so for us, I was like, let's just come up with a bunch of ridiculous categories because this is a ridiculous premise, and let's just have fun with it. And it all started mm. in my mind when I was at Coach Calipari's press conference last week And he brought up the idea that he basically invented positionless basketball. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he basically 
you know, implied that to everyone in the room that he created that. And I thought to myself, yeah. my first category for the all decade category. Yeah. And I love like the in-game little thing. So my favorite thing that always happened was the Pontiac game-changing performance. And in that same right. spirit, I wanted us to figure out what was the Pontiac game-changing game plan of the decade? Because Coach Cal okay. believes that he invented positionless basketball. And also, he used a platoon system to basically show that he created positionless basketball, and he had the depth to have two "quote unquote" starting fives. So that was my in my in my Pontiac game changing game plan of the decade. Coach Cal's platoon system and positionless basketball tied to that, as he says, would be my vote for the game changing game plan of the decade. And also, I have so hold on. Is the thought is the thought that he he he's arguing that the platoon system was positionless because that's the exact opposite. No, he, the platoon system. He was okay. he was arguing that basically he had two game changing game plans that have basically okay. rippled through you. the world of college basketball. His first one he didn't even mention because it is a known thing, which is the platoon system. We all know the platoon right. system. Everyone's like, that's Coach right. Cal. It's the first person that's ever done that. Even though, of course, it was done in the past. People have done it. I'm sure the Washington Generals did it, you know, against the Harlem Globetrotters at one point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure that it, happened. It, it, uh, it's called hockey, Coach Cal. It's called <laughs> line changes. You ever heard of it? Like, come on. It's um, not that hard. No, Grinnell, Grinnell runs the platoon system, right? Isn't it the, oh, the, the yes. tiny school that scores like a 1,000 points? They, they bring five guys in and out. Yeah, they invented it. Um, but no, we'll give it to Cal. Cal invented one and done, too. Here's here's the here's the uh the 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 small brain take is you say Cal invented one and done and then the galaxy brain take is you follow up that thought by saying with Dewan Wagner and it blows everyone. Oh mind. yes, two thousand two. They're like because <laughs> everyone like, thinks when you say Cal invented yeah when you when you say Cal invented one done they think you're talking about John Wall. You're not. You're talking about the one Wagner. And then, and then um, if you so say if you say Marcus Camby, then their heads like explode again. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, where is Marcus Camby now? Cal, Cal should say he invented Cal invented one and done, two and done, three and done, and four and done. <laughs> he invented it all. He invented the idea of, of players going to the NBA. That was that was his idea. Was, <laughs> so for me, that's why um, so Coach Cal one and done is not a game plan of this decade for Coach Cal. That was his previous decade. So for me, that was, my yeah. next nominee in this category is Coach K one and done. Mm. Coach K invented. Yes, he saw yes, Coach Cal do it. He, then, did. he did. It. He invented it this decade. He got Kyrie Irving. He was, and he said, "I." This he tried is to one be, and done. Yeah, he tried to do like an Edison Tesla thing, where he he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to jack all your ideas, pass them off as myself, and and try to erase you from history." And uh, yeah, good shit. Um, so so uh, are, are these? You're just ripping through your nominees. These are right my now. nominees, are, and, and then okay, and then ahead. I wanted to see if you had. I mean, we can just keep throwing out. These, these are my top two that I had marked, and I was going to basically see if you wanted to argue over these. And then I also have Rick Pitino plausible deniability as my third. Plausible deniability is a great one. That would be my pick. Um, but I had. So so, do you want to make a pick, or do you want me to go? My first pick with my is pick? going. I have my pick is going to be uh, after your picks or after your nominees. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. I have one nominee and one pick, and uh, this is the most. I, I I said Galaxy Brain earlier, so I did use that reference. This is the most Galaxy Brain thing I've ever heard of. Um, my game plan of the decade is Graham Couch not ranking Kansas, Duke, and Tennessee. It is AP poll. When last December, those were the top three teams in the country, and he didn't have them in his top twenty-five. And then he come he comes on our show because I tweeted at him, and I was like. I was just being a jackass. I was like, you care to discuss on the pod? And he's like, absolutely. And I was like, well, shit, now we have to have him on. Um, and then we call him and he explains it to us. And I got to say, Makes man, sense. it's been over, it's been over a year now. And 
my brain is like nothing has ever made more sense than Graham Couch not ranking these teams because his rationale was that they have not played a road game and you don't actually know what a college basketball team is until they play on the road. Um, just the it blew my mind then. It blows my mind now. This man came on our show, Tate. If you remember this, he said he's actually trying to get rid of his AP vote. He's, that was the funniest part of the whole conversation. Is like he's he's defending his stance for like thirty minutes or however long we talked to him, and at the very end, he's like, "To be honest with you, I'm trying to get rid of this vote. I don't even fucking want it." And we're like, "What?" He's like, "I really don't actually care about this vote, and it's you know, yeah. it's kind of something. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I want to get rid of it." And uh, then he had so much thought behind it, and he's totally right with the angle. And yes, that is a great that's a that's a um, game plan of the decade. But what's funny? So I checked. The dude doesn't have a vote now. He got rid of it. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> he doesn't actually vote the AP poll anymore. So um, that was my game plan of the decade. Because when I, I remembered that, uh, as I was prepping for this, it hit me. And I was like, there's no other answer. Like that, the, the, the audacity to do that. And not only do that, but like take the onslaught of people that are, are ripping him apart, that he's doing it for clicks and for attention and all that kind of stuff. And then my man just sticks his chin out and is like, no, I have my principles. I'm sticking to them kiss my ass all of you and weirdly enough because he's like so he's he's, he's got like such a, a clear point of view he's winning me over and i think as more time goes by i'm i'm buying into the idea of not ranking teams until they play a road game so that is my game plan of the decade for sure congratulations to graham couch i mean that is a pretty i mean that was out of nowhere too and to think about it might be my walk off of the decade for him to do that and then lose his vote and be like that th- yeah that vote, was yeah. the last like his last <laughs> mark on the game that's like michael jordan 1998 status like that's uh yeah. i leave the game on top uh congrats he should have just quit <laughs> he should have just quit at that vote like he should have not waited till this year he should have voted Again, to reiterate, it was the top three teams. It wasn't like three really good teams. It was literally number one, number two, and number three in the country were all off of his poll. <laughs> he should have just never voted again after that and just said, that's it. That's my crowning achievement. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I think he did it. Uh, and I will say this. I mean, I was going to give an answer for my pick, and that was a great argument for Graham Couch. I'm still going to go with Sean Miller sweating. Uh, to get sympathy from the public so he does not get fired. I think that was okay. the greatest game plan of the decade to create a meme, to uh, garner sympathy, and then when the heat really comes, people already think you're sweating so much. If we put more heat on you, you may die from a heat stroke or mm-hmm. just get fired, mm-hmm. literally maybe catch on fire and combust. So Sean Miller sweating mm-hmm. and getting sympathy from the people, that was my game plan of the decade. And guess what? He is still the coach of your Arizona Wildcats. The next category, Mark Titus, we have is GOAT of the Decade, and this is lowercase GOAT, G-O-A-T, lowercase of the decade, which is someone who was not doing well in the decade. And I'm just going to give you my categories, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. to end on the person that I picked as my go to the decade. Okay. All right, first, go to the decade. The Rice Commission is one of my nominees. Uh, Condoleezza Rice and the Rice Commission, as you know, they came in. They cleaned up college basketball. There is no more corruption. There is no more backdropping. Mm-hmm. There is no more cheating. Oh, wait, I'm hearing... Wait, wait, what? Okay, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Yep, didn't go well. All right, next up, Shaka Smart, the man who was supposed to go to Texas mm. and, you know, make Texas a basketball school, get Kevin Durant back involved, make people want to go play basketball at Texas. Haven't seen too much of him other, when, other than when he beats Carolina. Just, you got to give him time to get his guys in there, Tate. 
You got to give him more time. There's still <laughs> there's still a belief that Shaka Smart is a top level coach, and there's still a mm-hmm. underground belief that Shaka Smart is the top of the list to get the North Carolina head coaching job when Roy Williams decides to retire. Also, shout to Roy Williams for 879 wins. Quick tangent back to Shaka Smart. I hope he does not go to North Carolina. He is up for my go to the decade, and then my actual pick for go to the decade, lowercase go to the decade. Mark Titus Jabari Parker of your Duke Blue Devils. Oh, why? What did he do to you? Jabari Parker, a man that had so much love, high potential, all this sort of stuff from Coach K and the Duke crowd. And this isn't necessarily Jabari Parker's fault, Mark Titus. I'm saying he is the GOAT in the sense that he is going to get forgotten in the run because he was, of course, someone who lost to Mercer in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Mm, A guy that was then the number two pick in 2014 and went to the Bucks. A team that had just drafted their actual franchise player the year before. His name was Giannis Antetokounmpo. So he wasn't able to play the position he should have played. Wasn't able to flourish. His career. Okay. This is this is a homer pick, Tate. And you know, no, 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 no. This is my go to the this is just my go to the decade. I don't know. All right. All right. I have two goats written down. I'll I'll I they did lose to Mercer. I I enjoy you reminding everyone that. That is important. We should not forget that. Duke lost to Mercer. Austin Rivers Um, would have been the go to the decade, given the hype. Yep. But he Mm -hmm. had the shot against Tyler Zeller in North Carolina, and I was at that game. So Austin Rivers (laughs) was able to avoid that. Um all right, I I had two nominees for for my and I'm gonna say the first one who is not my pick. So this was this was my nominee. Uh, Rick Pitino obviously <laughs> yes. has to get a nod yes. for go to the decade. Um, we're going to talk about Rick Pitino more in one of the other categories, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. But uh, just basically, the guy is the one victim of the the FBI stuff. As everyone else like figured out a way to get out of it all, he goes down. Uh, he had multiple scandals to the point that if you said, "What are your thoughts on the Rick Pitino scandal?" You'd have to say which one, and then you say, "What are your thoughts on the the Rick Pitino scandal involving the sex and stuff?" Have to say <laughs> which one? Which one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what are what are your thoughts on the scandal with Rick Pitino and dirty recruiting? Which, which one? one? Yes. Um. This is this is this man's <laughs> this is this man's legacy. He wrote a book. He he did a press tour where he said, "This is the last interview I'll ever do." Four hundred times. Uh, he started a Twitter account. He started a podcast briefly. He he gave us a good the 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 the, the drop of sports, sports that we that we love so much. Um, the man just became a punchline, mm. and he's he's getting it back though. He's tweeting his way through it. I think I think this next next decade is going to be one of redemption for Rick Pitino. But my God, the the tens were not were not kind to Rick Pitino. He was definitely a go. He got his one national title taken away from him. And then he he got it taken away from him, and he got a tattoo on his back to commemorate it. And now it doesn't actually exist. Uh, rough, rough go for our boy Ricky P. But the man who is the goat of the decade can only be one man in my eyes, oh. and that man's name is Jeff D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> the man who <laughs> the FBI <laughs> story comes out, and we like I I mean. I, I have never been so excited in my life as when when who June Kim was the guy's name the the guy who did the press conference and was standing up there with the flow chart and was like we have your he might as well be a nominee by the way yes for for go to the decade mm-hmm. the guy is up there doing the press we have conference your game plan. and I I mean yes we have your game plan We're maybe that should you. have been game plan of the decade yeah there you go. <laughs> Pontiac. that was the Pontiac game changing gameplay of the decade the FBI against backdropping. 
<laughs> I recant Sean Miller sweating. Uh, it is the FBI against bag dropping in a flow chart. The flow chart is not the Pontiac. That's not the Pontiac game-changing plan. That's like the Ford Pinto game-changing plan. <laughs> the Mazda Miata oh. game-changing plan. Yeah, the, <laughs> the bird scooter. Uh, um, yeah, so this guy gets up there, and he's saying, we have your game plan. We're coming for you. Everyone's going down. You and I are just like calling each other nonstop, like, holy shit, emergency pod <laughs> left and right. Like we, like we, It's unbelievable. We're, we're, we're seeing dollar signs. We're, we're going to get so rich off of this. We're going to be... The, the 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 we were we we were already on the cutting edge of bag dropping journalism, and now this this was handed to us. We're like, oh my god, we are going to be basically what the Yahoo guys became, where they became the uh, the holy trinity of of bag dropping journalism. We were positioned to be those guys, Tate. And then the story just starts to fizzle out because, as it turns out, the man who was put undercover, the FBI agent who was given funds, uh, flown across the country to New York and to Vegas and various other places in this great country. Um, he takes that money when he's in Vegas and he gambles with it. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> the entire case crumbles because of this. Uh, I, I nothing ultimately comes of it of substance that we all, that we care about other than Rick Pitino losing his job. But that really had nothing to do with this. It had to do with like all sorts of other shit. Um, Jeff D'Angelo, you ruined everything, my man. I hope it was worth it. I hope you hit it big with, with the money you gambled. I hope you put it all on red and it hit um, because. You know what would be even funnier is if he he bet on like the, whoever won the national championship that year and like he really did get rich like he he just he placed it what was it Villanova was this the Villanova year yeah it yes, was wasn't yes. it 2018, 2018 yeah. yeah he took all the money the FBI funds and, and <laughs> just put <laughs> got a bet slip that Villanova was going to win the title <laughs> and, and now he's just living on an island somewhere but uh Jeff D'Angelo you are my goat you ruined everything I was so excited for a, the greatest story in college basketball history and it just fizzled out because of you I just will That's say this after you read that story about the trip to Las Vegas and just they, they use these weird terms in the piece and it's like D'Angelo makes a strange request you know what I mean and he also he, he asked Christian Dawkins for 10 first round draft picks like, you know, he yeah. was like asking for things that are just so outlandish <laughs> that you're almost like how the Christian Dawkins let this guy, you know, like sit there. And how is this guy the guy they sent, you know, and how is his name D'Angelo? Like, how is it? How did he come up with Jeff D'Angelo? It, and it definitely was from D'Angelo Vickers. You know what I mean? He, oh, definitely, he definitely was yeah. like, I want to be Jeff. And then he was like, what about D'Angelo? And everyone's like, man, that is the stupidest name I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, that is the dumbest thing I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul, <laughs> Jeff D'Angelo. And somehow oh, these are the people we have investigating the college sport that we love so much. And that is a great, oh my God, that is an amazing go to the decade. That can yeah, they honestly cannot be tops. That is my that is my goat. There you go. Next, so. next category we have uh go ahead. with our with our decade categories. We have the capital goat of the decade. Um and I'm going to go ahead and knock this off. Uh, I'm gonna knock this out pretty quickly, Mark Titus. My go to the decade is, drumroll please, Jeff D'Angelo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I mean, it is, I, it's what? a great pick. Wait, it is what? a great pick. Jeff yeah. D'Angelo yeah. is honestly, he's defeated the argument of the difference between goat and goat because... He might just be both, and uh, congratulations! Yeah, he might be. Yeah, yeah. congratulations to Jeff. D'Angelo. What if Jeff D'Angelo? 
what if we know Jeff D'Angelo? What if the guy is like, what if it's Wild Bags? What if Jeff D'Angelo is running the Wild Bags Twitter account or something? <laughs> I, I, Wild Bags honestly is too smart to be Jeff D'Angelo. That's the that's the unfortunate part. It's someone it, it's someone amiss in the system. Um, and we it's somehow with the FBI. Speaking of this, okay, so Jeff D'Angelo ruined the story of the, the <laughs> FBI thing. It's it's all dead. But I think you and I have to keep Jeff D'Angelo's memory alive. I think this it falls on us as we as we turn the page on on the next decade. We have to keep this alive. We have to to continue to try to find out who was Jeff D'Angelo. Uh, we, we just have to keep an ear to the ground. This is this is our journalistic duty. Maybe this is the story that will ultimately. Um, give should, us the big J's that we've been looking for. Should we start the Jeff D'Angelo mystery? Is this official? I, th- I think we should. I think like I th- this could be a new segment. Is like anytime there's sketchy behavior going on in college basketball, it doesn't necessarily have to be like bag dropping. It's just like things that make you think. Like, oh, that's interesting. Is this guy Jeff D'Angelo? Do, do the dots connect? Is there a Jeff D'Angelo theory here? <laughs> Let's just figure out where all the Jeff D'Angelos are that exist. And I promise yeah. you there's only about four or five, and they're all serial killers that are using the name alias Jeff D'Angelo. <laughs> 100 percent that's a great that's a great pick for goat though it is a great because like i said the dude's probably he probably won on he probably gambled all that money and won and like took it somewhere it was thirteen thousand dollars right that he got uh from bland from tony bland that's what he said yeah that's what he said who the hell knows knows? uh my my nominees that's why he's the goat my nominees nominees, uh obviously they're gonna fall short to jeff d'angelo's uh greatness is uh doug mcdermott um, who I, I like mm-hmm. to say, and I picked Doug McDermott as the GOAT because, again, this is all groupthink, and Tyler Hansborough was the GOAT of the 2000s, right? If you had to pick someone, you know, people would do the whole game of like, <laughs> I mean... I mean, I don't know. There's Jason Williams. No, yeah, of, of the college uh, resume. Of the college yeah, yeah, resume, yeah, yeah. people would say Tyler Hansborough. And yeah. I say the same thing with Doug McDermott. I don't think he actually is, but I think that's the answer that people would say. That's why he's a nominee. And then my second one, which is sort of the same thing, but with the one-and-done crowd, which is Anthony Davis, which I guess you could mm-hmm. say that one year was amazing enough that he, you know, I just remember Jim Nance saying, and the Kentucky coronation is complete. You know, that moment well, where Cal finally well, why don't we does rip it, it off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Why don't, why don't we rip it off real quick? Who the uh, who your top five were? Okay, because I'm I, I know we were, we were just joking about it. That's and how stupid it is, <laughs> but uh, that's that's one thing we do best. It's like we make fun of people, and then, and then we, we start doing the exact same thing. We're like, yeah. now now let's <laughs> yeah. break down our top five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in my mind, McDermott Davis, as you said, are locks. Zion has to be a lock, even though you want to talk me out of yes. it. Yes. No, um, I think Zion. I think those, I think Zion's impactful enough to be a lock. I think I think if those three aren't on your list of top five of the decade, you're an idiot, and um, it's invalidated immediately. And then the last two are the wiggle room. So who are your two that fill it out? Have you even thought about it? I mean, what I mean, the top five thing is really tough for me because like Jalen Brunson is another one that's going to be the guaranteed people will put there as that guy, right? As their like point guard uh, in that place, and maybe like a Kimball mm-hmm. Walker might be the other guy that they put there. Or I mean, even some people I saw putting Shabazz Napier there. I saw some people. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I saw some people putting Marcus Page there. You know, and I don't think he's at that level. Stop. It. I saw. No, you did. I saw Stop people it. putting no, you Joel Berry <laughs> there, and I'm like, man, Joel Berry probably deserves it. I saw some people putting Isaiah Hicks there. I'm what like, list I, are you no, looking at? I think I was reading what Inside Carolina. I don't know what I was reading. Yeah, no, I'm right. kidding. I. uh I don't know what my answer would be as far as like I, I I feel like there's so many guys like a Frank Kaminsky 
to me, like you could sell me on him having such a great uh-huh. year with that Wisconsin team and beating that Kentucky team. Two great years. Yeah, two great years. Two yeah, two final fours, fours. exactly. So you could tell me that he could be a guy that you throw in there and maybe slot him in for Zion if you're doing the college basketball versus talent. That's what I have the problem with. It's like there's the most talented version of these guys that had like these good moments, these great careers, whatever it may be. And there's the yeah. career guys that are like a Kaminsky type or a McDermott type that right. or a Brunson type, really, where it's like their resume gives them the the credence to be that guy. And uh, so right. that's why I have a hard time making my top five. But I guess I would I, I would put Kimba in my top five because I think he single handedly won a title himself, which I think gives him a bump i guess above others and then poor jeremy lamb yeah everyone forgets yeah but i love i love jeremy lamb yeah i love jeremy lamb and then you know it it is what it is i and then the villanova team i i mean i i think brunson was almost better in the 2016 team than he was on the 2018 team but everyone keeps pointing to the 2018 team as you know his you know big moment so i don't know i'm kind of lost so who are your two Um, people mark titus Mine are Kim, mine's Kimba for the reason you mentioned the the idea he his legacy is like the guy that carried a team to a national title yes. and that is uh that is iconic he's he's an icon from the tens for that alone um and he'll he'll be the guy we reference forever like in twenty years someone it'll be a team that like kind of sucks but has one good guard and they're going on a run they'll be like hey it's the Kimba Walker all over again yeah uh so that that matters to me so he he he's one of my picks. And then my last pick is uh, I went with this. It was really tough, but I went with not Jalen Brunson. So I went with literally every player in the country that's not Jalen Brunson. Nice. Everyone that's ever played. That includes me, actually. I, Congratulations. I played in the tens. That was my senior year. So I, I included myself. In, no, <laughs> no. Br- Brunson Brunson makes a lot of sense. Um, I cannot. Br- Brunson won me over when he came on our show, and he was a great, great guy. Good, good guy. Good guy of the year. All that shit. Um. He should probably be the pick, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to relent. I'm. I'm going to dig my heels in and double down and not and say that Mikael Bridges was better than him on that team. So and so was Devin pick, And so we'll say that too. My pick for the fifth guy would be, and you're gonna love this. I'm, oh. I've not seen anybody say this. I'm not. But again, I'm not on your inside Carolina forum, so we're, we're there are a lot of people throwing around a lot of wacky names. But my guy is Trey Young. Oh, this man, that's the, dis- the disrespect yeah. that Trey Young has got is is unbelievable. And as more time passes, people are going to look back. I cannot wait for like the next generation of kids to come up and and like didn't follow the Trey Young thing, didn't get Trey Young fatigued because mm-hmm. ESPN was showing their stats, his stats all the time, and shoving him down our throat as, as Oklahoma's losing nine of their last eleven in the season and all that. And people hated that guy because of it. So I'm so excited for the next generation that like didn't really experience that to then look back and watch Trey Young highlights, look up his stats, all that kind of stuff, and be like, holy shit, this guy was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy that's ever led the country in scoring and assists. And he did it as a freshman where, where his, his, the best teammate he had was Christian James and or a freshman Brady Manic. Mm-hmm. Those were the teammates that he had. Of course they lost 9 of 11. The guy was unbelievable. It, it, the disrespect he gets is insane. Everyone just thought he was just some dipshit chucker. He was playing in one of the best leagues in the country, averaging what? What do you average? Like twenty-seven and nine? Yeah, or something, something like ridiculous. That? I mean, at one point it was like a it was, it was like a thirty and ten was what you expected out of Trey Young in December. And it's and it's he wasn't even he wasn't even that much of a chucker. Like he, I think he shot like 37 percent from three, which isn't like you know it wasn't lights out, but it wasn't like he was shooting twenty four percent from the three point line or anything. Um, the guy was unbelievable, and uh, I think history will come around and and rightfully 
love him for for what he was able to do. But again, like no no one's gonna put like three one and done guys on their all decade team. So he never had a shot. And I understand why. And they they, they didn't make the sweet sixteen. Yada yada yada. I get it. But like, come on, put some respect on this mm-hmm. man's name. What he did was insane. He he captivated the country. Whether you whether you can pretend like you hated him, but you and I both know, and I'm not talking to you, Tate, I'm talking to the collective. <laughs> you and I both know when he was hot, it was like the coolest fucking thing on earth. When like that that stretch when he got he got Oklahoma all the way up to number four in the country. They were ranked fourth in the country because of this dude. Because he was hitting everything. It was insane. It was a ton of fun. So that was my fifth pick. Anyway. And if Zion where, 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 and if Zion's gonna get that kind of treatment, then we can give it to Trey Young. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, so yeah, Zion Zion didn't win a conf- regular season conference title. He didn't make the final four. Um I know he did he his team had more success than Trey Young's team, but it's you know, it's not like Zion won the national title either. Zion's pick is because he captivated the country more than anything else, mm-hmm. right? So why can't we do the same thing with Trey Young? If if you put Trey Young on a team with RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, he's probably also not making the Final Four. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking speaking of captivating the country, let's get to our next category: scandal of the decade. Mm. Hold on, pump the brakes. I never picked my oh, goat. We got you, sidetracked. You have, you have I, I did picked. my. I did. We got sidetracked with the top five. I want to go through my goat. So, uh, my goat is LeBron James. Um, he got. <laughs> He got a he got official college basketball status. Got his Ohio State jersey made uh, by Nike. Um, so he officially no, I'm kidding. Um, my pick it can only be one man Tate for the goat for the capital goat. It is Jay Billis. He uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run down some things that happened for Jay Billis in this decade. He became the go to guy in Maui with Bill Walton, but he Jay gets to call all the best games in Maui, so he's he's in there. He gets to go to Maui all the time now. He uh he launched ninety four feet the greatest segment in college basketball everybody loves it who who, who what, what's your favorite flavor of spaghettios he asked the kids and the kids are like is there more than one flavor Jay and he's like I don't know <laughs> that's ninety four feet <laughs> he launched that he 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 finally gave up on his hair uh he entered the decade having a little bit of hair styling it a little bit he he finally made the brave decision to just buzz the head that was brave um. Most importantly, he got Dickie V kicked off the UNC Duke yes, this decade. Yes, that's it. He supplanted Dickie V. He's now the, the UNC Duke guy. He he just recently in August gets a documentary made about basically himself. You know that he made it um, about the 1982 class that saved Coach K, where the whole premise of the documentary is like Coach K would be fired if it wasn't for me, mm-hmm. Jay Billis. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and in light of all the like pay the players and the FBI stuff and all that kind of stuff, he became the voice of college basketball to where anything happens. He said, everyone just turned, like something happens to college basketball. We all turn to Jay. Jay sits there with like his, his fingertips together, tapping his finger, all five fingertips to one another, just thinking in silence. And then he looks up and everyone holds their breath. And Jay Billis goes, it's wrong. <laughs> and then the, the, the crowd erupts <laughs> and he's reached that status as a college basketball commentator. It's status that yes. I aspire to, to achieve in my life. Um, he is my GOAT for that reason. Congratulations to Jay Billis. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, he is the GOAT. He is the go-to guy. Everyone wants to hear what Jay Billis' thoughts are on anything that goes on in the world of college athletics. And, you know, that makes you the GOAT. And for, yeah. and for me, like, right. Bill Walton is his perfect GOAT, like original GOAT, you know, from the... Bill Walton yeah, is I mean, the we, GOAT we, of the, we, you know, the 2000s. Jay Billis is the GOAT of the 2010s. And we just keep, you know, keep on moving. Yeah, there you have it. So, all right, move, move it on. Let's go. Scandal of the decade. Here we are. Uh, okay. Basically, we kind of talked about what I would consider the scandal of the decade. It's pretty easy, but there's also a lot of scandals that can be discussed. So my scandal of the decade, I'll just go ahead and rip it off. We already talked about it a little bit, and that is basically the TJ Gasnola Adidas 
decision to mislead all of these major universities. And again, we know it was Adidas. We know that Adidas did this. This definitely was the coaches weren't aware of this. The players weren't aware. Adidas was, you know, ripping off all these programs. Um, and that's what they told us in, in all of these investigations. And so the biggest scandal is Adidas is now considered a bunch of cheaters. Dennis Smith got $40,000 from TJ Gasnola. They had a bunch of runners. We got the whole Bill Self portion of this Adidas thing where he's getting uh, accused of you know being aware of what was going on with Adidas. And maybe, allegedly, allegedly you know, we don't really know. So the scandal of the decade for me is... Adidas and the idea that the NCAA has convinced us that Adidas was acting on their own behalf. Um, and mm. that is why it is the scandal of the decade for me. There are, mo- there are plenty of other scandals that can be brought up. Some people may bring up oh. you know, uh, a myriad of other scandals. But for me, it's just Adidas. Uh, keep it to well, Adidas. I'll bring them up for you. Okay, what were the, I'll bring them what up were the other scandals? I know, I know one scandal you're not trying to bring what, up. What um, scandal but are I you open- talking about? All right, I want to start off my portion of the scandal uh, uh thing because I, I have a ton of nominees for this one but uh i just want to say this date that it is an absolute travesty that the mark godfrey exit from alabama happened in the last decade because that <laughs> um that is a scandal that should get some shine it was not what's really frustrating about it is that it was not going to win the scandal of what do we call that the aughts the, the zero zeros the first 10 years of the, the millennium yeah something like that um, the aughts it was never it, it can't win the scandal of that decade because of the baylor thing i mean when one of your players murders another and then the coach covers it all up and like that that will that was ironclad the worst scandal in college basketball history um so godfrey wasn't going to win that one and he's not he, it's and he can't he's not eligible for this one and it's really frustrating because he's just stuck in that no man's land of like he, he's like jay will never won an acc player of the year even though it's like one of the all-time <laughs> he was the, yeah he was there and it was happening at an all-time great level but yeah. it just happened to be at the wrong time you know wrong place yeah, it was wrong like time. an all-time all-time great scandal and will never actually win scandal of the decade. And that is an absolute shame. So I, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, so we, what do we have? We have the Louisville scandals as a whole, like all mm-hmm. of them. Just Let's just, the hookers, let's just package the, it in. Just the, Patino, the cardinal, the cardinal testimony, sins. The cardinal sins, yes. The cardinal sins. Yes. There you go. Patino's testimony was in 2010 when he said the 15-second thing. So that's part of this decade as well. That counts. Brian Bowen, all of it. Uh, the North Carolina's fake classes. I don't know if you heard about this one. Oh, too. North Carolina uh, North State. Carolina. They weren't taking classes yep. there. <laughs> oh wow, I, did, I didn't hear about this. No, 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 oh no, man, no, 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 no I don't know if you heard this. North the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill had uh, fake classes for basketball players. I don't know if you knew about what that. we had a department um, for African American studies, and people were upset about it. Color me shocked. <laughs> we have we have uh, we have Bernie Fine stuff at Syracuse. Um, that happened in this decade. Yes, we could. That's a nominee. We have the time that Mitch McGarry smoked weed in the 2014 NCAA <laughs> tournament, which is honestly, under any other circumstances, that would be my pick because that is one of the funniest stories. I will never get over that story that the dude was out. He had a bad back. He was out for the tournament. Um, they're going to play the Elite Eight. I think it was, was it was against Kentucky, right? Yes. It was the because then it was the Aaron Harrison shot to to beat Michigan. Yes, right? or to, exactly. Yeah. They're going to play Kentucky, and as like an act of solidarity, Mitch McGarry, who has been sidelined for most of the season with an injury, uh, decides I'm going to dress for this game, just to like, because because he's kind of feeling better and he's rehabbing, and so Beeline dresses him to get him like to have him warm up with the team, and like it's it, it's just one of those moves. It's one of those moves to get every like all the players are excited. Oh my God, can we get Mitch out there for maybe five minutes? <laughs> like, is he going to play? Is he not? Whatever, whatever. Because he dresses, he's eligible to get drug tested. <laughs> And so he gets drug tested that game. And because he gets drug tested that game, which was an NCAA tournament game, and it comes back positive for weed, 
He is then suspended for the entire next season, and so he just decides to go pro. It is one of the all-time like bizarre, ridiculous stories in college basketball history, and not enough people remember it. And I just want to bring that up because what a hilarious scandal that is. I mean, it sucks for McGarry that he was forced; his hand was forced. But um, just c- can you imagine the luck? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost as bad as the Brandon Davies luck. You know what I mean? For that to all come oh, together yeah, yeah. at that time, and it also we have to point out the fact that like Mitch McGarry was becoming adored by the media at that time. Like people, people oh, of course, loved yeah, he was McGarry. Like he was becoming, oh, you know, he, like. He was almost becoming like a Tyler Hansbro type, like white dude that yes. people wanted to adore and pull for. You know what and I mean? And he was like so a, good, dude. He was yeah. like he he was so skilled. He could he was yeah Josh was McRoberts like a, type. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was Josh McRoberts. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was great. And he submarine the entire Michigan <laughs> season because he dressed just because he dressed one game and then failed to direct it. it was, so that I had that scandal. We have the Aaron Kraft Bruce Pearl barbecue, mm. um, yeah. which actually happened in 2008 but came to light in 2010. Uh, and then Bruce Pearl got fired for that. We have the Xavier Cincinnati fight. In yeah, zip them up. Uh, zip them up. That happened in this decade. Um, we have a late submission, very, very late. Tried to get it. Tried to win it at the buzzer here. Uh, Walter McCarty at Evansville. Um, I don't know if you've been reading the rumor mill on that one, Tate. But my God, what a scandal that is. Um, that's all I'll say about yeah. that. Very Godfrey esque. Yes. Very Godfrey esque. Yes. Um, we have Denzel Valentine faking his knee injury in 2016, as as I dubbed Denz Gazi when uh <laughs> when Izzo tried to to not make his team peak at the right time. All of these were my nominees. I wanted to give them all proper credit and and acknowledge all of them. But my my scandal of the decade has to be Grayson Allen tripping people. <laughs> it is uh it is it is the story that we needed as as a college basketball community. That the man was the most hateable guy of the decade by far. He he had all the pieces for for all of us to come together and and just be a lightning rod of hatred for uh for for Grayson Allen to play for Duke, to mm-hmm. be a white man, to be a very good white basketball player at Duke, and then to just on top of it all just be so universally hated and so easily hated for all the stuff he did. Uh in twenty sixteen, it so it starts in February to give you the timeline. I know you remember tape, mm-hmm. but people listening might might not. Trips trips a Louisville player in twenty sixteen. A couple weeks later, uh tries to trip a Florida State player. And it's it's a big there's a big problem. Um, he he uh, every, everyone's losing their minds about it. Whatever the season ends, this was towards the end of the season, 2016. Season ends. He does an off season sit down interview with ESPN talking about how much he's grown. <laughs> Coach K is getting in front of these cameras talking about like like he's a good kid. He would never do it intentionally. It's an accident. Santa Anna. That's the man he yeah. tripped with Elon. Yes. And then he comes back. Trips the man from Elon, and then he gets sus- <laughs> he gets suspended indefinitely, and indefinitely is one game. And Coach K still keeps saying like he did nothing wrong. Like you all are wrong. I know Grayson. You don't know him like I do. The whole the whole scene was just so great. It was so perfect um, because what what makes it great what what makes this for me the scandal of the decade is there's really no victims. You know, like it's not like the guys he's tripping like their careers were ended or something. I know they could have been. So it's not like I don't mean to make light of it. Like he could have like seriously hurt some of these guys when he's, you know, it, 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 got, it got slightly dangerous. I guess you could, say. but ultimately nothing really happened. So who cares? There's no victim except for like us having to watch Coach K get in front of a camera and be like, he's he's repented for all of his sins after one game, and we're gonna play him now. And we're like, come on, K. Um, the whole thing was hilarious. I loved it. It was perfect. He was suspended indefinitely. He missed one game. And Grayson Allen came out and he called himself one of my favorite terms to say about someone that's doing something that's messed up, but you actually are trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And it happens in Dark Knight Rises. And 
you know, it, it basically when Robin and here we go. Oh, wrong <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that was the fir- that was the first one. Uh, the, or the second one. Wait, yeah, the second one. Uh, and basically when he gets called a hothead, when you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt who ends up becoming Robin, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, get this hothead out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Grayson Allen said yeah. during that moment, I know there's half the basketball world that thinks I'm this hothead, dirty player who can't get anything under control and who probably thinks I'm extremely arrogant, a selfish guy. And I would say, yeah, that all that all yes. that checks out. You know what I mean? No, I would I say, like, that, no, that, not, that. it's not half the basketball world, Grayson. <laughs> Definitely not half. It was like 98%. <laughs> and I don't think it was just the basketball world. You know what I mean? I think it was no, like, yeah, I right, think it was right. the world. I think everyone that was like paying attention was like, this guy fits the bill. Of what we want yeah. um, as that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Grayson Allen tripping. I mean, honestly, a pretty good win for Grayson Allen considering the amount of scandals that were out there. Um, for him to come yeah. out on top, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It was it was it was the perfect scandal because it was it was something we could all get behind. Like I said, it was victimless, so it was it was it was what we needed. It was what we as a country needed. And I thought the FBI thing was going to do the same thing for us. And goddamn Jeff D'Angelo. <laughs> Jeff Hanzo did it again. Um, uh, can we quickly? I want to do the. I yeah. want to do glue guy, glue guy, and technical of the decade, and then I want to save scoop of the decade for last. So, so I for, okay, first I want to do glue guy. Three more categories. Yeah, three more right, categories go to go here in the decade. And again, if you're upset and you're like these decade lists aren't whatever, there's a million lists out there that you can read all the many what, moments of college basketball. Well, we moments. should do at the very end. We should do the all decade list of the decade <laughs> and go through all the journalists that have the best decade. <laughs> I like Mike DeCourcy and Seth. Yes, Davis, I was gonna say. I like, like Rob Bowser and, and I like Gary Parrish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we're just like our Matt Norlanders was amazing to me. I love the analytics from Kim Palm. Kim Palm really put it into perspective for me. Uh, all right, glue guy of the decade, uh, Mark Titus. As I'm working through the glue guys of the decade, there's there's the obvious answer, and there's obviously the lingo that a glue guy means a guy like an Aaron Kraft. But an Aaron Kraft is mm-hmm. too good to be a glue guy, right? This this is like the I'm trying to give them a barometer for what a glue guy is in this sense of the category. Seth Davis, of course, will give you his version. Our version is basically a guy that is the number four, a Deion Thompson on the 2009 North Carolina national mm-hmm. title team is I, is what I would describe. He's more of an X factor. To oh, me. okay. See, exactly. So it can be argued. But for me, glue guy of the decade is a guy that Jay Wright said had the best career, one of the best careers all time at Villanova. A guy that you will remember as I bring him up all the time. And he's the reason that North Carolina lost to Villanova in the 2016 North Car- or national title game. And that was because he had 20 points in that game. And he's a man by the name of Phil Booth. And my glue guy of the decade is Villanova's own Phil Booth, a man that will be forgotten in the DiVincenzo's, Jalen Brunson's, Mikel Bridges, you know, all, all the, Amari Spellman, all the guys that were, you know, kind of rotating through their little dynasty run uh, those three or four years. But Phil Booth was by far, to me, their most important player. He, of course, got hurt uh, in the in-between year uh, when he was dealing with that foot injury. But Phil Booth is my glue guy of the decade. I'm not even going to give other nominees because I went through the numbers, crunched the numbers, and I give it to Phil Booth uh-huh. every single time. Well, I I object just on the premise that a glue guy has to be a white guy. Ooh. And the, so he's an X-Factor. Bl- He's an X factor. Wow. Yeah, the black guys are X factors. The glue guys no, are white see, guys. No, yeah, see, see, but so that's that's my only Phil, objection. Phil Booth, he he is he has risen above this this racial tension. <laughs> yeah, he's he's transcended. He's he solved racism. He is a uh, yes, Phil Booth. He, he, he is the Brad. He Paisley, is made up for John uh, Wilkes cool for, for the last name Booth. John Wilkes Booth really did a bad number yeah, on the go. Booth family, and Phil he's, Booth has changed the Booth perspective in this century. Congratulations to Phil Booth. All right, well, how about how about this? How about we solve racism? Yeah, why don't we do it right now? Uh, so you you will collectively. Declare Phil Booth the glue guy yes. of the decade. Yes. 
And then I'm going to do the same thing and turn it all on its head and declare my X factor of the decade um, to be Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is the X factor of the decade. Oh, um, amazing. Very, yes. very, very biased pick. But um, at the same time, this is a man who uh, shot thir- 42% from the three-point line for his career at Tate. He averaged. Uh, 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 he only averaged nine point three points per game. wasn't playing a ton, as you remember, on the the team that um, at, at no point was he ever like the top three minute getter on Michigan. I think his first year there, he was fourth in minutes, and then his minutes just kept going down. His scoring went down. Isaiah Livers, a freshman, started over Duncan Robinson. And did you hear? Did you see Duncan Robinson in the media complaining? Never. Did you see him? Never. Ever ever saying anything like? This kid is a freshman who's averaging. Isaiah Livers was averaging three point four points per game on that season, Tate, and he was starting over a senior, Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson took it like a champ, um, led single handedly. I would say, you know, some could argue, but I would, I would say, single handedly led Michigan to the to the title game against Villanova in twenty eighteen. Uh, and then, and then we, it was never to be heard from again. Oh wait, that's not true. Uh, wins the summer league MVP every single year. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, at least the MVP that we get yes. out wins it every single yes. year. Our MVP and is now it is now shooting forty seven percent from the three point line and averaging twelve points per game for the two seed in the East in the in the NBA right now. The Miami Heat. He's starting, starting for the Miami for a two seed for the third best team by record in the NBA right now. Duncan Robinson is a starter, and he could not start over freshman Isaiah Livers, who averaged three point four points per game, and uh, he knew he was this good the whole time. Never said anything about it. Took it like a champ, just got buckets when he got in there. That is why he is my X factor of the year, or the decade. I'm sorry. Um, there it is. That's my pick. wow. Lock That's amazing. In. Glue guy of the decade, Phil Booth. X factor of the decade, Duncan Robinson, yeah. and both just breaking barriers. Uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, right, wow. Right. This is this is honestly this is epic. Who would have thought that the 2020s yeah, would is, be so different? That, That's what I said. This we're is the, changing the game. This is our this, this is, is our Brad Paisley game changing game plan of the new decade. Yeah, there you go. That's why I said this is the Brad Paisley LL Cool J oh. song all over again. We did we did it. We fixed it. <laughs> what was the other one? Nelly and Tim McGraw over and over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Florida Georgia Line and t- uh, Nelly did a song too. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of those. Uh, all right, that's oh, that's times. great. All right, moving all on. Right. Technical of the decade. Uh, this was like really tough for me to find the most, I guess, impactful technical fouls that happened this decade and try to point out the ones that really mattered. And mm-hmm. I would just say this, uh, any technical foul that Mick Cronin was a part of should be all packaged together. Because I was just like, I want to see how upset Mick Cronin gets after what we saw in person in Vegas. Mick Cronin's technical mm-hmm. fouls of the 2010s uh, at Cincinnati, especially against you know certain teams like, uh, I don't know, their rival Xavier. He had a couple. Mm-hmm. He's a maniac, and uh, <laughs> he's, a maniac. he's an absolute maniac, a raving lunatic, and <laughs> he's the head coach of the UCLA men's basketball team. And Baron Davis came out and said that and, he supports him and thinks he's going to be great, and that makes me think he might be great, Mark Titus. And I don't, and we can't wait to sit by him. And, I can't wait until <laughs> in twelve days when we're watching. Yes, I can't wait to sit behind him, thanks to the the great partners at Dos Equis, and say, "What a great job, coach! Do you have a message for the haters?" Um, <laughs> I cannot wait for that moment. So for me, my t- identical foul decade, I just want to tee up Mick Cronin for his behavior coaching at Cincinnati. So your technical is all just Mick, Mick Cronin's, Cronin's existence. Yes, exactly. I'm yeah. teeing him up. Well, so 
I had I had I wrote down like specific instances, and I I thought because I like, as you said, you can't really like Google this stuff. Yeah, it's hard to find. Um, it, it's it's harder than you think to Google like technical files. So I was just ripping from memory of uh things that stood out, and I guess that makes a lot of sense to do it that way too. Because if it if I remember it, then obviously it was impactful enough to you know, it it it, it works yes, out. Yes, it happened. So um. What was what was crazy to me though is my first three memories of technical fouls were not actually technical fouls. This is crazy. Stick with me. Uh, the first one that came to mind, also when I think technical fouls in the tens, I think Mick Cronin. So the first thing that came to mind was when he he and Teddy V chested each other mm. and got in each other's yes. face. As it turns out, I went back and rewatched it. He didn't actually get a tech for that. Teddy V just they, they just stepped to each other. They talked all that shit. Um, I think Teddy V realized he was out of line, so he's like, "I can't, I can't team up." And then Cronin realized that Teddy V couldn't <laughs> team him up because, and so he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going all in," and he just went ham on him. And what a scene that was! But it wasn't technically a technical foul, so that can't be my pick. Uh, the second one that came to mind was when Tom Gugliotta was ejected from the NC State game. <laughs> you remember yes, this? My God, that when, I like had forgotten he, that that like just like popped. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Because was it Carl Hess that threw yeah, him out? I don't remember Carl who the ref was, like but probably Carl Hess yeah. or Jamie Lucky. Yeah, it, probably it, Carl. It, let's just say, let's just say uh, a combination <laughs> both. of both. Yeah, let's hope they were both working that game. It was Carl Lucky? <laughs> um, when Tom Gugliotta got tossed, but that wasn't a technical foul either. It was just like they just tossed a fan from the game. It wasn't like the other team got two shots for that. But that came to mind. So the third thing that came to mind was uh, as I was remembering the Mitch McGarry uh, pot smoking thing, I remember Elijah Johnson sack, sack tapping Mitch McGarry in the 2013 Sweet 16, uh, just out of nowhere, just for really for no reason. He Chris Pauled him, um, and it was hilarious. Just given the stakes of the game and all that kind of the the, the time and scores, everything about it was just like, did he just hit him in the nuts? Why? But that wasn't a technical foul. That was a flagrant foul. Um, so I ultimately settled on Tate. Kansas State walk on, and I want to say his name right, Brian Roliter. I probably mispronounced. <laughs> I'll it. say Roliter. Uh, Roliter, whatever. Kansas State walk on Brian Roliter in the second round of the 2014 NCAA tournament against Kentucky. Uh, the he dunks in warmups, and Kentucky starts the game with two free throws because a walk on dunked in the NCAA tournament warmup line. And I got to say, that is 100% worth it. Kansas State ended up losing the game. They lost by more than two, thankfully, because that would be really bad if, if they lost by like one or something. Um, but uh, yeah, he dunked in warmups. <laughs> and, and the best part about it was he dunked with 1958 on the clock. Uh, the, the, the whole, the, this is no longer a rule. You're allowed to dunk in warmups now. But back in the day, you couldn't dunk in warmups. When the clocks, they, they would start the clock when there was 20 minutes uh before tip off or whatever so you could not dunk for the final 20 minutes and he dunked with 1958 left on the clock so like basically he was two seconds away from it being legal to do it and the refs caught him and they teed him up and gave kentucky two free throws so that's a legendary technical foul he's telling that story for the rest of his life and i also will say this that is the most like church church league technical foul you could ever hear in your entire life you know what i mean it's like no one's allowed to dunk you know what i mean this is fundamental basketball you lay it in uh I, in the same vein of what you're saying about the teed up things, about remem- remembering specific technical fouls, I was just thinking back. I remember Bob Hurley in the tournament this year against St. John's got a technical foul asking what he do. And I just think that's probably the funniest technical foul I can think of off the top of my head. Just like going up to the official, being crazy and deranged like both the Hurley brothers are. Like they like they are mm-hmm. the entire game, but then actually just asking something normal like what he do. And then the, the ref already being ready just to yeah, tee right, you up. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's expecting you know, the ref, something the ref worse, was, so he's just like, "All right, technical foul, like off rip." The refs, 
the ref promised his wife as he was getting ready for the game, he's like putting his shoes on, his wife's tapping on the back, and he's like, remember, honey, if he, if he says anything to you, you're going to team, team up, up, right? And he's like, I will. I will, babe. I'm going to do it. I promise I'll do it. And he's like, all right. And he, was, he just had it locked and loaded. Um, yeah, those are good picks. Good picks. All right. Final category? Yes, the final category of the decade. Right, the scoop of the decade. Um, and this is something that you know we've been going back and forth on uh, about, you know, we wanted to get our first big scoops. We've had some scoops uh, in the past, you know, whether it be John Rothstein's fiance, um, whether it be, you know, me scooping Kendall Marshall, having a broken wrist because James Michael McAdoo told me. Um, and then I was like, well, I guess I'm going to tell people now, James Michael. I, um, I scooped Greg Oden joining Ohio State's staff. Yes. Yes. When he, when he came back to school, I scooped that. Yes. We've been, we've yeah. been, we've been in the scoops game. Um, but, been all over but it. to me, some of the biggest <laughs> scoops in the game, <laughs> huge scoops. Uh, I have to point out a scoop that wasn't even done by a capital J journalist. It was not done by anyone that is in the field of media, even though I guess you could say he is a media star at this point. And it only takes two words to show you why this is, to me, the scoop of the decade. And it's not the scandal of the decade. It's the scoop of the decade. And the two words Mark Titus are, and Duke. Mm. And the Mm-mm-mm. and the man who I love and the it. man who put that and the man it. who put that scoop out there was a man on Twitter. And his name is Michael Avenatti. And he insisted mm-hmm. that Duke and Nike, specifically Nike, <laughs> paid basketball star Zion Williamson to go play for the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, of course, we've seen other remarks made this decade, like a Doc Rivers not too long ago saying that Billy Donovan got outbid for Austin Rivers' uh, service to play at Florida. Uh, you know, that happened apparently, according to Twitter. So my scoop of the decade is Ann Duke and Michael Avenatti. Uh, no investigation, no scandal, just a scoop. <laughs> just a scoop. Ann Duke. You know how you could get like, uh, you could get tweets embroidered on pillows or, yes or blanket. yeah t-shirts I, i've seen people do that before where it's like like someone will make a shirt that has it all it is is just a picture of like a jaden smith tweet and it says how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real exactly and it just has the date on it and the blue check mark and it's got the whole yes it's like you're looking at twitter i want to do I, that's my late christmas gift to you is i'm gonna i'm gonna get this on like a throw <laughs> pillow just and the michael avenatti and do yes frame it <laughs> dot, dot, i, I want to put it in my office and it just says and do yeah, just, dot 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 <laughs> with the blue check mark what a great scoop that is that is a that is a fantastic scoop um my pick was going to be us uh we had people forget this tate they they do forget it uh <laughs> that we had the scoop that steve Alford is getting fired from UCLA. yes um but as is the case sometimes in the scoops games it's like when you're scooping ice cream you get a nice hefty scoop on that <laughs> on that scooper and it falls off and falls right back into the tub that's uh that's what happened with us i will never forgive myself for this we we had the scoop. A very reputable source reached out to us, told us Steve Alford will be getting fired today. Um, I checked the timestamp on it. I was laying in bed. I looked at I I looked at the communication. Uh, uh, however, it was that he he reached out to us. I was reading it. I was like, well, I, I I typed up a tweet. I stared at the tweet and I thought to myself, what if I'm wrong? What happens next? And then I started like playing out the scenarios where like everyone's just roasting me and like all my credibility is shot. And you know, I'm trying to be the Jay Billis of I'm trying to be the next Jay Billis. I can't, <laughs> I can't risk this, right? So I'm staring at it. I chicken out, I hit the X, I go to sleep, I wake up the next morning to see if it was true, and I refresh, and there's nothing. There's no story about Steve Offer getting fired. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God I did not tweet that because obviously it didn't happen. And then it happens like three hours later, and I lose my mind because I'm like, holy shit, we could have beat this story by like 
10 hours. We had like a 10 hour head start on this and we blew it. And uh, I'll never forgive myself. So I, I just, that is the blown scoop of the decade. That was, for that sure. was not the um, blown scoop of the decade because Mark Titus, at the end of the day, you have the story of the scoop. And as we both know, nobody, nobody the- remembers who actually scoops it first. They remember who has the story of the scoop because they will tell the tale. But what if, yeah, the what if is almost better, right? Yes. It's like better to, it's better to be the, I would have scored, if coach would have put me in, I would have scored 20 points, but I, but he didn't, that asshole. It's you better know? to it's have better loved and lost than never have loved at all. Uh, there, you in the, well, yes, I, I, there you go. I love that scoop very much, and I lost it for sure. Um, so my scoop of the decade, ha- it, it, it can only be one man. Uh, it is it is the king of of journalism on our former the former iteration of this podcast. It is a man by the name of Mark Schlavoff. Yes, and um, he he just shattered <laughs> the, the the college basketball world. Like it, I didn't even know it was possible to have this sort of a scoop. It 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 broke my brain when it came out that he had on a federal wiretap. Sean Miller admitting to paying DeAndre Jordan or DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Ayton, a hundred thousand dollars. He had it on the tap. He has the tape. He has it in his possession. Um, I think the only reason Tate, he has not released the tape and we have been begging for him to release it, please. but he's operating at a higher plane than us. We're like, Mark, please release the tapes. But he's like, sit down young grasshopper. I know more about this game than you do. And I'm like, Mark, I trust you. I'm sorry. I questioned this. Uh, my theory is the only reason he has not released the tape is because he is saving it for the next decade. He's going to release the tape. And that will be the scoop of the next decade as wow. well. He's trying to double dip. Wow. He's trying to get a double scoop Coach K. on the one scoop. Yes, he wants to be at a, both centuries. A double scoop. Yes, he wants to be yeah. great in both sides. Wow. Give me two scoops is what he said. Uh, so I think that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on the tape for, I think, starting tomorrow, when the as soon as the ball drops, everyone keep your head on a swivel. That tape is going to be coming out. It, it, the, the, the clock has started at that point. It could happen at any time. So you really can't afford to sleep. If you're a college basketball journalist, you cannot afford to sleep because Schleybach's going to drop the tape at any time. Uh, you have to keep your head on a swivel. But that is my pick for for scoop of the decade. What a incredible decade! Uh, I mean, uh, this is it was yeah, what a it? ride. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with all that we covered. And then I think about the fact that you can go read Seth Davis, Rob Douster, Matt Norlander, Gary Parish, mm-hmm. and all these other great journalists, and they have their teams and all their moments that matter. And if you put it all together, mm-hmm. it's a great decade of college basketball. Who's your who's your uh, left-handed rebounder of the decade? Would you say? <laughs> mm. <laughs> who's your who's your mid-major screen setter of the decade? Oh my gosh! You had uh, Brian Zubek, to... but he played on Duke. <laughs> oh god! Um, yeah, it was fun, fun, fun decade. But uh, it keeps rolling. That's the great thing is uh, there's there's more basketball. There's we, we don't have to be nostalgic for this decade because the next decade, my god, we're off to a great start. This season of college basketball has been. Uh, Really, really shitty play. Me, yes, it's been, why, why, it's been horrible why, basketball. Yes, it's been horrible. I was, I was trying to set it up to be like, you know, trying to wax poetic about how great it is. Like, if, yeah. if this is what we have in store for next decade, just yeah, just it might now. actually what, die. Will college basketball die in the twenty twenties? <laughs> That's the question. What uh, what happened to the flopping, dude? Like, I thought flopping was going to be emphasized this year. I swear to God, there's like seven offensive fouls. It, it, it's out of control. It's an epidemic. It's gotten worse. There, there's more flopping this year than there's ever been, and they were supposedly going to start issuing warnings and technical fouls for this shit. And I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think I, I think it. at the end of the day, flopping will come back, but it's going to have to come back with like Indiana. Like Butler is going to have to bring back flopping. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to have to come. It's going to have to come different than Duke. Duke's not going to flop anymore. They're too good to flop. Yeah. Yeah, someone's gonna. Wisconsin's trying, dude. They're just not winning. Enough. Exactly. You got to do it on like a bigger stage. You know, they did beat the hell out of Tennessee, though. But Tennessee is not. 
that win's going to age very poorly. That 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 Wisconsin win at Tennessee is going to be like Ohio State beating North Carolina by 25 at the Dean Dome. Yes. It's not going to actually matter by the end of the year. <laughs> um, I will give a shout-out, though. Uh, the Big East, I don't know how much you're paying attention. Big East basketball has been incredible. I've loved the Big East this year. It's The, the Big East is definitely the, the conference if you um, want to watch some college basketball that's not just completely unwatchable and you don't really care what's going on. Just throw in a Big East game. All the, all the teams are as good as each other. Uh, and they still play like decent basketball in the Big East. Okay. So, so are you saying? I don't know. Are you saying the new Big East is very similar to the old Big East? Do you think? Are you saying that they no, are? No, it's bad? like the opposite. Okay. I'm saying all of college basketball right now is like the old Big East. Like that West Virginia Ohio State game had. I had it written down here. Let me pull it up. What were the? Because I want to get this right. Because I don't want people to think I'm I'm using hyperbole here. There were 49 fouls and 39 <laughs> turnovers in the West Virginia Ohio State game. That's those are true numbers. Um. And the bit the new Big East is like actually good basketball. They move the ball, they shoot threes and make them. They don't just hack the shit out of each other. Um, yeah, it's fun. And then you got like Marcus Howard, Miles Powell. You know, I mean, they can drop forty on any given. Yeah, night. that's fun. Yeah, right? yeah. So, we get we yeah. got some good watch times the, ahead. The yeah, we'll, we'll we'll flip over. Speaking of which, you didn't mention this in Doug McDermott's legacy as we were <laughs> talking about him, like being an all time uh, leading scorer. And what was he? He what did he graduate fifth all time? Yeah, I, I believe so. Points? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, He's definitely um, up there. He never made the Sweet 16, which is a is a knock on him in four years. He he was a three time first team All American, but uh, one thing that I, I I hope his legacy, like as we look back and put a bow on the decade, Creighton would not be in the Big East if not for Doug McDermott. Like the the timing of it all, like the Big East implodes as Doug McDermott, who's like the best player in the country, is um playing at Creighton, and then the, the new Big East is trying to form, and they're just trying to pick up scraps here and there wherever they can get them. And Creighton's like, hey, we're a Catholic school that is private and. We have we get, the best player in the Yeah, country, we get right? it. We're Would good. you like us to join? Yeah, we're on national TV. Yeah, we're good. People want to watch us. We're, yeah. we're great at basketball. Would you like us to join? Big East is like, come on down. And uh, I'm not even kidding. I really think like if Doug McDermott doesn't play for Creighton at that time, Creighton is not in the Big East right now. Maybe they still would be eventually, but um, I think that's why. And uh, that's pretty cool. Anything I, I think else? if there's anything different than what you're saying is that basically uh, Rutgers would be the team that's in the Big East instead of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. which... Uh, yeah, that's you know God, family, and Rutgers basketball until we die. In Rutgers basketball until twenty twenty. Um, that's all it is. Uh, anything else before we go? Uh, I just want to say shout out to the West Coast. Shout out to West Coast basketball. We have better updates to come. We have better days ahead. We have Arizona starting Paxton. We we have us at Pauley Pavilion. We've both seen UCLA yep. play li- twice live, and we have not seen them at Pauley. So we will be at the USC yep. UCLA game. We have tickets. We will be there. I cannot wait. Boot, boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Boots on the Finally, ground UCLA. Lady, I can't we'll believe. Find you. Uh, I can't believe your Pac-12 update didn't include uh, Michael Porter, oh. former Pac-12, former Pac-12 commit Michael Porter. From uh, the Seattle area, also playing um, on the West Coast, yeah, in Denver, yeah, playing on the West Coast in Denver. Wow, wow. <laughs> can't believe that. Uh, dropping nineteen points in his first start against the Kings, huh? Huh? How about that? Sit out, Michael. Just retire now. Yeah, sit yeah, out. Sit out. <laughs> hold yourself. out. Hold out. Um, hold out for that contract. Uh, all right. Before we go, I just wanted to also say we're we're doing uh dirty laundry. We're gonna try to bring that back maybe Friday, depending on how many submissions we get. Uh. We've brought back Dirty Laundry. I just want to remind the people, Tate, email us, titusandtate at gmail.com. Uh, send us your stories of of coaches, players you've had class with, if if uh, whatever whatever's going on. Send us your funny stories uh, of, of being a manager, being a student around players, whatever it is, um, and we will read them. But but please keep them anonymous. If we can deduce who you're talking about, if, if anyone with half a brain can, can deduce who you're talking about. Then it's not um, good. It's not funny. 
then it's not good. That's not what we want. We're not trying to ruin people's lives here. We are trying to just tell fun stories. So uh, send those in if you if if you will. Um, we will eventually. We're working on. We're going to eventually like do some contests with this. I think. Should we get merch? Eventually? We'll get and merch, and we'll gonna, give merch. Yeah. We're gonna dish out merch and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, if you just if you don't care about merch, if you want to be selfless and just help out the program, send your stories in, and we'll uh we'll, we might read them on Friday, depending on what we get. Um, so yeah, there's that. Anything else? To no, add? that's it, man. I'm excited. We got 2020 ahead. A new year, new us, new podcast. Titus and Tate. Subscribe, review, do all that other stuff, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah.